But then something unexpected happened. A giant squid emerged from the sea and attacked the fighters. It was Gloober Blooper, <laughs> one of the bosses from Super Mario Sunshine. Gloober Blooper. It had escaped from its prison and it was angry and hungry. It grabbed Michael and... Also, don't click and type so loud. I can't help it. <laughs> I can't help it. My, my fingers are heavy. Heavy fingers. Heavy with the weight of my past. Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through cooperative experience, then relay to you, the listener, this game is the creme de la creme of co-op, or something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. Philip, we're having a weird episode this time around. Again? Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, it, we had a multiple in a row, didn't we? But we're actually here. We're here, live, talking, finally. Yep. It feels good. I've missed this place. But we are going to be doing your whole thing that you came up with that I, you will explain at a later point, uh, titled Audio Combat. But before we get there, let's just talk about what games we've been playing. So, Nave, what have you been playing? Well, so we've had, we haven't recorded in, like, three weeks. And they're doing this thing on true achievements called the 12 days of achievements or something. Children's days of Christmas. I don't know. But uh, every day gets progressively harder, like achievement challenges. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm on the 12th day. I'm on the final one. And I'm like chaining together achievements with the last letter of the first achievement, the first level of the next achievement. You know, how we used to play the song game. Yeah. Like we would name songs just like that. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing with achievements. And it's a little difficult. Uh, but luckily, so now, so I, I've, I've technically been playing like 45 different games since we last talked. <laughs> Just to get single achievements in them. Yeah. So, uh, but really the, there's two that I have actually been playing. One that I've spelled wrong right here, but, uh, the other, it the first one Fuga. is, yeah, it wasn't Fuga. I've been playing yeah. that furry child game and it's pretty good. If you like, no, it looks good. I like, okay. On the surface, I agree. It has a bad look. it looks i don't know i don't know i i was i was curious how because the the ratings are really high across the board on every platform i'm like okay i'll play this dude within the this isn't a spoiler even though it sounds like it within the first like five minutes of the game you have to sacrifice a child's life it did it so fast and i'm like okay like i can't tell if it's just trying to make me feel sad or not but they handle it well yeah and it was interesting because, like, after that, they rewind it and they're like, "That's that is this mechanic." Okay, now you don't have because it it lures you into it. It doesn't like yeah. outright explicitly go, "This kid's gonna die." You know what I mean? It seems that way as you're doing it, but it's it's interesting and it makes me wonder if they have separate art for every single character not being there because they're at every point in every chapter when you're doing a boss fight, you can sacrifice a child in order to instantly win. And then I'm like that, but then how does the, that seems like a spider web of like, that seems like a nightmare of, well, of, yeah, of I feel like things code. will get harder because every time you don't have a child manning a station, like your, your tank performs less optimal. Like you are always swapping them around and having one less attack for the rest of the game. That is like a huge gameplay. Like this is like, is it turning into like a narrative affecting gameplay type deal? I don't even know how to describe this. This is like a, um, Darkest Dungeon situation where when you lose anybody in Darkest Dungeon, anybody goes crazy, all of a sudden your team just becomes useless if one guy goes down. Yeah. It's really interesting, though. And you get a lot of characters. So, Oh, you do? Okay, because yeah, I only have the characters. first five or so. 
Yeah, so you eventually get 12, I think. Oh I think my god. Yeah. That's so many. And it's interesting, but like the more characters you get, the less character development they get right when you meet them because yeah, it's like, yeah. you of gotta course, get caught up. Well, I mean, the main thing is that like people could be dead by this point, so they can't have a big extravagant cutscene with all the characters in it because the game, oh, or yeah. like a, or like a, a concept art with all the characters in it. I'm like, how did they know that all these characters are still here in this concept art? Wouldn't that break the immersion? I don't know, but I feel like most people would just rather lose the game than sacrifice one of their characters. Not even just that it's kids or whatever, but like what you were saying, it is literally a debuff that you're doing to yourself. Yeah. But I don't know. They spread everything out really well too. So you get like five people that can heal and five people that can do, that can knock armor down and stuff like that. So it's it's not so bad. I bet I could get through the. I haven't ever needed to kill a kid. I'm pretty. I'm breezing <laughs> through this game. I'm usually always because you. It's a path kind of game where it's like this is the hard path. This is the normal one. This is the easy one. I'm always picking the hard path, putting the children in danger at any moment I can. Uh, <laughs> Makes you think of XCOM as well. Like, whenever you lose a soldier on a mission, like, you can choose to leave people behind. Yeah. You know. Well, so, especially the first time, you, you're you not choosing to leave someone behind. You just don't realize that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> whenever you extract <laughs> and you don't have the guy there. Oh, God. And you're like, no, Roberto! <laughs> no, I miss him! He was my best sniper. I thought he was in the zone. It doesn't matter. Anyway, speaking of lots of characters, Infinite Undiscovery. I beat this game. I started and beat it. Holy crap, look at you. Yeah, uh, I actually really liked this game. Uh, the way that I would describe it is, you know, what is that game with all of the different characters that you were playing? You talked about it in a previous episode, but... Oh, Suikoden. Like, Suikoden, yeah. So this game has tons of characters in it also. Like, I think there's like 15 or so in this in this RPG party, and you can only have four in one party. But this game has this really awesome mechanic that happens probably six or seven times throughout the game where you essentially go into a raid dungeon and you make three parties of four people and you meet up with them constantly. You remember in Resident Evil 6 where all the campaigns would constantly like interweave yeah, with each other? Yeah. So in the in that in Infinite of Discovery, you'll constantly be meeting each other. Like someone will be like, hey, if you see this key, I need it to open this door. And that's your objective is to go forward, find the key, go back and give them the, give it to them or whatever. It's really cool. And you're constantly watching. You'll be walking and you'll see them above you on a bridge fighting and getting experience and oh, items that's cool. and stuff. It's so cool. Yeah. And the game is very 360. So like it was just scratching this nostalgia itch that I really, really needed scratch. But the story is not terrific. And the the dialogue and the delivery and everything, it reminds me of a high school play, basically. <laughs> Everyone's very well, dramatic and, like, is, silly. Is this actually a Japanese game? Uh, it's, it's, it's published by Square Enix. I don't know if it's developed by them or not. Because, like, well, are they is it, are you using the Japanese voices or the English voices? The English voices. I just, it was default and I just never changed it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always a chance it just doesn't have the other option too yeah and it, this is a, a xbox 360 exclusive i don't think it's on any other thing so what so what really sucks is because i have this game physically for some reason i have this game eternal sonata and last remnant uh physically but eternal sonata and last remnant aren't backwards compatible and i'm genuinely thinking about pulling out the 360 to play these other 360 jrpgs because they it really put me in the mood that I wanted to play more of them. It might be worth it. I mean, there's there's so many of these of like the 
you know, PlayStation got all of the top tier Japanese games, or a lot of them. Meanwhile, 360 got like 99 nights, and I mean, I we even... got Lost Odyssey, dude. Well, Lost Odyssey, if you yeah. go, if you go on Twitter, it is still like every time it's like a top five RPGs, it Lost Odyssey's in there. And people are, I'm constantly seeing, there's this guy named The Mighty Key for whatever. He makes, like, YouTube videos, like, console war YouTube videos. Like, he just skits, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, he was randomly like, what is this Lost Odyssey game? And I just saw a million people going, dude, you have to fucking play this game. You have to play it. Please play it. And I'm just like, war- it's warming my cockles. You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, yes. Look at how much this is spreading. It's the same way I feel about Yakuza, where, like, I went on to, a, like, there was this random, I'll, I'll send you the video. So, it has been a long time since we've recorded an episode, and I know it's been a long time when I start almost going into, like, podcast mode with people I don't know, or, like, don't know like that. The other day, I was, I was out, it was, like, I don't know, 8 o'clock at night, I was at the park with Arthur, and I also had my dog. And this dude comes around walking with a giant chocolate lab. And this dog had to be like 140 pounds of dog. And it is dragging this dude. Because the second this dog sees my dog, it just beelines it straight to us. And then while our dogs are battling, well, like they're playing, they're play wrestling. uh, This dude is listening to an audio book just on speaker on his phone that he's walking (laughs) with. So first off, (laughs) like what what kind of person does that? Am I right? I, I, I would never... I would never do that. I do it sometimes. Sometimes I just don't want to put a headphone in for the quick walk that I'm about to do. So I just I won't listen to an audiobook, I'll just listen to music. So I just have a little music playing, I'll slip the phone in my pocket. Just I feel like I'm in uh Grand Theft Auto 4, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, so of course I'm, you know, how I am. So I was like, what are you listening to? And then he explained that it was a Warhammer audiobook actually. Called like the sisters of something other or whatever. I'm like, oh, and then I started going off on this dude talking about Warhammer and uh, all the games and stuff like that. And he's like, I've never played any of the games. I only play the tabletop. And I'm like, damn. And then we had nothing else to talk about. And he left. All right. Look at this. What do you got? There is a video that says this shit never gets old. And it is just how excited are you are for February? For and Final it's seven rebirth. Uh, is that it? And there's just people spamming the the Yakuza cover. I don't even know which Yakuza cover this is. It's Yakuza 6. It's a million people. And he had the music playing. Yeah, and it's Breaking the Law. Just blasting. Breaking the Law. Yeah, the reason why that is... What you, breaking the World. Excuse me. Uh, so the most anticipated game, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, was nominated for that in the Game Awards. And then this Final Fantasy game won it. Obviously it did. It's but, Final um, Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the Yakuza fans were standing up. <laughs> God. Yeah. I, the, did you see that meme I, stu- I shared in the group? That's um, there's a Facebook group. Where is it? Or no, it's a uh, NX group, I guess, or, or page that's Christian Moms Against Yakuza, a coalition of Christian moms fighting against the evil game franchise Yakuza that glorifies non-Christian values, disrespecting women, the law, and the Lord. And the location I, says not Camarucho. Yeah, perfect. I hope they win. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. well, they, I hope they, they were established in 2018. So five years ago, they started. I, I think this is a shit posting group, right? This can't be real. It probably is. Oh, but games I've been playing. I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. It's part of my. I'm trying to play it through in Japanese. I've completed one of the. 
I don't know if they're called Divine Beasts in this game because I'm not sure what word they're using to call the main dungeons. But I've completed one of the dungeons. Like, how far did you make it in Tears of the Kingdom? You made it as far as I did last time we talked. So weeks okay. ago. I just completed I the Sky did, like, Dragon the with the bird people. I don't know what that means. Okay. Uh, besides that, the game is good. Uh, the Japanese is simple. It's almost like it's made for children. And they even use uh, furigana on top of the kanji. So in case you don't know a kanji, it tells you how the kanji sounds. So then you can look it up. That's very cool. nice. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have no hope. <laughs> well i mean you i could just pull out my google scanner and scan every screen as it went along but i'm not going to do that i, I whenever i played i don't usually don't do any lookups at all which it, it's very nice though because they use very descriptive language like i won't understand a whole sentence but i'll be talking to the gerudos or whatever and she'll just be like gerudo village to the east desert uh sandstorm gibdos or something like that and then she's like, defend the village. And I'm like, okay, I'll just go to the east and see what's going on over there. I go over there and there's a giant, you know, like battle sequence where you're fighting Gibdos. And I'm like, perfect. You know, like she explained what I needed to do. I didn't, you know, 100% grasp everything she was saying, but I was able to use survival Japanese and find my way, which it feels like, um, what was the game? No Man's Sky, where you just understand like one word in a sentence. Yeah. Because that happens a lot. And I'll just be you like, know- I think I know what she's talking about, but I'm not sure. It's pretty cool because I randomly started playing Tunic for yeah. achievements. Oh, and, dude, that seems yeah. so good. It's the same thing. Yeah, you don't have the language in the beginning. It. Yeah, it's really cool. And like, you just get context clues. Like, you start getting like the literal instruction manual from the from the game, and dude, like it's it. all you get new pages. Yeah, and like you just kind of get context clues just from the images. I know. Oh, but one part I could not understand is there was a guy like standing on the side of the road holding a sign and he was talking about like a master builder or construction guy or engineer or something like that. And he, when I would talk to him, he would drop the sign and I could not figure out what that dude wanted. Oh my and God. He, Speaking of what have you, have you seen any of this construct the uh, completionist stuff? Okay. Yeah. Everybody's mad at this dude because apparently he stole a bunch of money or didn't donate it to something. And then he's getting removed from video games yeah, he he got he got. He also his bought cameo. all the Nintendo eShop for the 3DS or something. Yeah, so this is someone that I've recommended his videos multiple times throughout the podcast history. So I it, it hits real home. All three people involved in this, like Carl Jobs, uh, uh, some ordinary gamers, Mr. Mudahar, and then uh, Completionist, which is Gerard. That are they're all fighting with each other. It is very disappointing because I love all three of those. I don't really love the Completionist, but I love I love the other two shows, and it's like. I don't know, man. It really, it really stung my gourd. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's really kicking my kitten right now. What was he supposed to be donating to? Do you remember uh, what the cause de- was? Dementia, and it, it, there is an irony there that can that, that he forgot. He forgot to de- donate oh, the dementia no. money. <laughs> so <laughs> but, sad. Yeah. So, but it's looking really bad for this guy. Yeah, that's pretty bad. And he's looking like an asshole. The more that comes out, the worse he looks, and the angrier I get. Because I have been sitting here playing with my dick for three weeks, having nothing else to do, so I'm just looking just into all this YouTube drama. drama. Uh, no, it's it. not worth it. Dude, my drama, or my YouTube feed's getting real weird. Like, now it's like, it started with how to survive if you time travel to medieval times, uh, what happened to yeah. the other half of the, the Roman Colosseum, 
uh, why the, the Pope, no, the Pope was actually the one that saved, like, it, it's a whole thing. <laughs> is, it in a, is it in a cathedral somewhere? Yeah, actually, yes. A lot of the what? stone was apparently, like, stolen by local builders to use in their projects as a free source of stonework. It's like when you get fired from an office job and you steal the, the staplers <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> it's exactly like that. And then they talk about how, like, they would literally have uh, lime workers that would make, like, the mortar. Like, they would just grind up the rocks while they lived in the Coliseum in, like, slum towns. They would literally <laughs> just harvest stone from the walls that they're living in. And then they would use that and sell that to the builders. But that of course, just I mean, sounds like fucking Tales of Arise. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> kind of. Oh yeah, you have that game, so you get to play it pretty soon. Yeah, I haven't picked it up yet. I'm still working through Tears yeah. of the King because I'm gonna try it's to so do long. Tales in Japanese probably too. Yeah, Tales in Japanese is hard because they're talking fucking constantly. I did have it in Japanese at first, and I was like, I can't fucking do this because they're when you're fighting, they're talking. When you're walking, they're talking. When you're in cutscenes, they're talking. When you're sleeping, they're talking. It's like fuck, they're talking all the time. Uh, the good thing about, by the way, Infinite Undiscovery, like 30 hours long. Not Very bad. short. Not bad for JRPG. Like, what's crazy is like, okay, we need, there's, a, the moon is being chained to the earth. And like, there are giant chains going up the moon. And you have to go break all of the chains. And okay. you're like, okay, once I break the final chain, there's going to be a whole nother like fucking story, right? Because that's always how these games work. But no, you get to the final chain. And the game's like, all right, you're done. You did it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. Wow, it's over. It feels so good. Very satisfying. Makes me think of stupid uh, Majora's Mask. Like, you play that one all the way through, right? No. Oh. Well, in the end, the moon is falling, and you have to summon giants that will come out and catch the moon. And then when they catch the moon, you then have to teleport up to the inside of the moon and complete one more dungeon before you fight Majora. That, so I've start one of the random games I've started is uh, No More Heroes 3. Have you ever played any of those? No, I saw that, though. And I remember whenever I was watching, uh, I think it might have been like an Am I the Asshole randomly or something like that. Uh, somebody talked about yeah. how they were, weren't allowed to play uh, No More Heroes because somebody said damn or something like that. <laughs> it's, like it's, my mom took it away. I I don't know if the VOD is still up, Philip. I don't know how to find it either because I was playing 100 games in one sitting, so it's random but dude this game is pretty sick <laughs> i'm loving like and the game sucks kind of but like <laughs> the setting and the aesthetic yeah. and the people are awesome like i'm like i'm I, it feels like a man what does it feel like it feels like almost like like a rick and morty japanese style you know what i mean like so much shit is happening and i don't know uh man it's funny Sounds pretty like funny. whenever you save, you got you, you go into bathrooms and take a shit, and like the save screen is over his like naked part of his body. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's really good. It's kind of like in uh, Dead Rising, you save in the bathroom as well. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. What's with the Japanese? Like, I guess it's like that's that's the reset point. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say speaking... you can do that in Catherine too, but you can just save anywhere in the bar. You don't have to. Speaking be in the of silly Japanese stuff, I was watching a streamer play Xeno uh, Xenoblade One. And he was at, like, the final boss, he had his full team, and, you know, I was just, like, basically writing baby sentences in the chat, and he only had, like, two viewers, including me, so he was responding to me and stuff, and it cracked me up, because one of his characters, one of the girls, whenever she does her special or whatever, she goes, nice! Just really loud, (laughs) and then, like, I started just typing in chat, nice, really loud, and then he would do too, I'm like, this is great, this is really silly stuff. I love it when the Japanese use 
clearly English. English. Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yay. <laughs> it's it's crazy because they do they throw in a lot of English, but I I was like, man, why don't we do that? But I do I do that all the time. I'm constantly going gracias. Like, yeah, yeah we just do it in Spanish. Yeah. Like, have you seen the uh, the oh my god uh, lemon cap yeah. thing? Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> god! He's <laughs> like, hello everyone. <laughs> I wish to be a bird. I fucking love thank it, you dude. very much, dude. There is a, I I don't know I I I watched a YouTube video that was just a compilation of I, I think it was just VTubers though, but it's like funny to, like them saying English randomly sometimes. Dude, have you seen? Oh my god, have you seen the compilation of VTubers saying the N word during the Grand Theft Auto Five? No, have you seen that? <laughs> it is so funny, and they're just Japanese girls. They're, you know that it's the part with Lamar when he's roasting. Uh, have you played Grand Theft Auto Five? No. Oh my oh, god. Well, not not much. I've played the part where he gets roasted, where he's like, "If you get that haircut and all that stuff." Nigga. Nigga. What? Thank you. Nigga. 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 They're Japanese. They don't understand they don't, that they word's don't know bad. the social context of this. Yeah, yeah, they, just Japanese just, they... throwing out racial slurs and going <laughs> that song. Oh man, it's so oh, it's so sad. <laughs> but they don't know. They're okay. I give them a pass. <laughs> yeah, we're the ones who can give out the N word pass. <laughs> yeah, All they right. don't know. They don't know better. But yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is really good. I'm gonna keep playing it. I just made it to the Sand People. And I'm working through their mission right now. And it's good. But man, the game is hard. Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. It's like, I die in like two hits. You got a, you got a fucking Dead Rising. Grind it out, dude. Do you? Because like, yeah. I'm like I'm, it's not even like I'm beelining towards the, the missions or anything like that. Like, I'm taking my time. I'm going around. I'm, I'm picking up food. I'm battling random mobs out in the wild. Collecting all the weapons. Doing all the shrines I encounter. Because I remember, like, I did every shrine in Breath of the Wild. Like, I 100%ed Breath of the Wild, besides the Korok Seeds. And I don't remember dying this fast. You gotta use your move. You gotta use your signature move. I can't remember Wait, what your, you do Your Dark Souls dodge, where you do your flurry rush, and stuff like that? I yeah. don't know. Like, you just, just can't get hit. Like, I, I know the game will not instant kill you. No matter what, you will never go from full hearts to zero, except with explosives and lightning. Those will instant kill you. But enemies will not kill you in one hit, from what I can tell. It'll always take you down to like half a heart. But anyways, game's good. With that, Nave, did you buy anything this week? Uh, Well, that's a good question, actually. I, I know, know I'm considering buying games. Like, I got um, like around $50 in Microsoft Rewards monies, and I keep seeing all the holiday sales, and I see the uh, stupid... What's a pretty sword boy game? I forgot what it was called. White hair, red... Uh, Witcher 3? No, the other one. Devil the other May Cry. Devil May Cry, that's it. I can see the Devil May Cry bundle, and I'm thinking about it. I see, like, the old uh, other Capcom series bundle, and I'm thinking about it. Resident Evil. Yep. Yep, so there's a lot of games going on sale recently that I, I'm considering, but I just have not pulled the trigger because I, I have so many games already. The game that I bought is called Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo. Never heard of it. I bought it for like two, 
250. Have you seen the movie? But there's a movie? I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's old. (laughs) Then that's good, so I won't be spoiled. I won't know what the fuck's going on. I also bought a World of Tanks tank. (laughs) Because that World of Tanks tank is also on sale for like $2. And I was like, ooh, this is a $40 value. Oh, Nave. How often are you actually going to play World of Tanks? I don't know. I get the itch sometimes. It's just the the problem is that I have to download it. Yeah, install it. That's the problem. problem. Uh, oh, that goes into our Patreon section, which we're going to be thanking our patrons later. But I did want to highlight that I am still working on my backlog series. And I earlier today, I recorded an episode on Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain, where I go in detail about my experience with it. And I'm probably nice. going to throw that up on the Patreon. Uh, maybe it'll eventually make it to the free feed. But right now, it, those episodes are just going to live there. I'm going to try to do one for every game I beat, just as like a... Uh, a journal almost. So if you want more personal one-on-one time with Philip, become a patron. Dude, oh my god, there is this fucking I'm trying to find it. I'll never find it. But like you know that the the skull guy who starts going on and on about how English is going to get wiped out and stuff like that. There is like <laughs> there's just a bunch of me I just as soon as I played that part. Oh, you're talking about Metal Gear. Okay, I thought you were talking about like Sans Undertale or an internet meme or something like that. No, there in Metal you're Gear there's a guy who's like the a skull guy. He, I think his uh, name is called like Skullface, by the way, because of, <laughs> of course it is. The like I just seen a bunch of memes as soon as I beat that part, like just uh, randomly. And dude, I talk about I that, know. like the twelve minute car ride where he's yeah, trying dude. to convince you he's not the bad guy. Snake, then, you gotta understand. I was in a village that I've been taken from my family. I fought in multiple wars for countries I never knew the name of. I've oh traveled God, all around the planet. Come, like in my the black whole time, missions and stuff fucking and just, snake is just staring like he's not saying <laughs> you can control the camera too it like zoom in like yeah. cinematically and stuff it's like angle it around get the light reflecting off of your your yeah. metal the embedded lens. in your skull and everything else yeah and it's so funny because you say 12 minute long drive you are not exaggerating but this is the thing this dude's monologue is only six minutes long and then you guys <laughs> sit in silence for a minute and then suddenly it's like Ah, just like starts playing music and i'm like this is amazing like i don't know i love the game so much like i gave it such a praising review like this game is it's incredible dear listener god there's something so stupid about that like i so the mission that you just before you get to that part that's where i stopped playing last and so i don't remember how to play like the giant robot dinosaur yeah Dude, yes, it's so cool. But, like, so I stopped playing. Years later, a couple days ago, I fucking start playing it again because of Philip, like, making me hyped up about it. And I don't know the controls. So I'm literally, I'm just oh, dude, jumping the forward. And not in- there's intuitive. A, there's literally there's a, jump a penguin on the dive. Yes, yeah. and so I'm just standing up and penguin diving over and over dude, again. In the beginning, I because you think it's like a sprint button or a dodge button or something, but it is a penguin dive, which you can dodge with, but you are much better just moving. <laughs> like i have used the penguin dive reflexively but it is very rare i just use it as a mode of tra- transportation like link rolling yeah <laughs> pretty much. it's just stupid and then i'm like you're dead and i just shoot someone on penguin dive and then the slow motion happens as i dive right into someone's vision and i'm like you're dead <laughs> just fucking yeah. shoot him in the head God, it's, it's so, so good dumb. and with that Nave, uh, we have an Am I the Asshole that I grabbed 
it's not too long and i think we can we can knock this one out pretty quick because i think we're gonna need a lot of time for the meat so do you, do you see the link got big meat yeah i yeah. see it all right so i'll handle uh the reading on this one this guy is a main account by the way he posts Whoa. a lot of uh on RimWorld and dungeons and dragons uh, that's pretty much it. He doesn't do a crazy amount of posting, but he has a couple posts. Oh, one of his posts. Uh, I lose respect for people when they tell me they're having a baby. <laughs> 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 but this is Fi the Yordle from five months ago. Wait, it's on the anti-nationalism subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on over there? Right. I I hear I hear it as I want my children to suffer the same way I have, if not worse. <laughs> That's why I'm having children. Oh, this guy seems like a well-adjusted, nice guy. I wonder why he's on the "Am I the Asshole" subreddit. Also, he's his uh, character is dressed feminine, so it might be a lady. I don't okay. know how you see that, but but it's wearing a dress and it's pink and has cat ears and long hair. How do you see that? Where are you seeing that at? On his main page. Or you just hovered the oh, name. Oh, I, I remember. Okay, see, so remember, I have it fucking. I oh, have yeah, our Zencaster half screen and I have the other. Yeah, I'm in mobile yeah. view, so I don't see it. So as soon as I hit maximize view, I see it there. All right, I got this. Would I be the asshole if I told someone what I thought? Okay, strong start. Yep. <laughs> like with Very vague, like really yeah. hooks you in. Yeah. As a gamer, oh, gamer detected. As a gamer, my main focus is on playing games. More specifically, League of Legends. However, I'm currently facing an issue with someone on both my League and Discord friends list. This person makes me feel uncomfortable. Not in a creepy way, but rather in an overbearing manner. For reference, let's call this individual Tommy. Okay, she seems very well written. This is a good start. The peculiar thing is that Tommy and I hardly knew each other before, and we didn't interact or show any interest into each other. But one day, Tommy... A few other friends and I decided to get on a group call through Discord to play some league together. Big mistake. Big mistake. That's when things started getting a bit strange. Upon hearing my voice, Tommy seemed to change. For context, I am a woman and Tommy is a man. That's not good. It's worth noting that I was the only woman in the group call, which is normal and never bothered me. After our gaming session with the group, he began messaging me and trying to engage in conversation. Nothing harmful or inappropriate was said. He simply greeted me and wanted some casual conversation. However, the issue arose when Tommy started sending me messages every day. As someone who values alone time and feels drained talking to people in any way, I don't appreciate constant messages or notifications. I feel like he may be trying to get something from me as he clings to me like I'm the last woman on earth. And that unknown intention is what's making me super uncomfortable. Creepy. Uh, to complicate matters, Tommy even bought me Discord Nitro. Ooh. And a League skin as gifts. Double She's got a RuneScape boyfriend now. I know, that's what it sounds like. But instead of feeling appreciative, I feel trapped. It seems like he's using these things to make me stay and talk with him. Like he is desperate to interact with me. I'm not sure how to handle this situation. I don't want to hurt his feelings because he's been kind to me. But every time I receive a message from him, my anxiety spikes. And while I enjoy my gaming time, I don't want to be pestered to play with him every time. There are moments when I just want to play alone, but he keeps asking to play together. The clinginess is becoming overwhelming, and I find it difficult to deal with. 
I'm unsure whether I would be in the wrong if I told him how I feel about his actions so far. It's important to note that he hasn't done anything objectively bad, but my anxiety around him just won't go away. So would I be a jerk if I told him how I feel about his behavior? I hate to make him feel sad in any way, but my anxiety around him is just getting worse to the point where I dread coming online to game, and gaming is the one place I go to escape from the stresses in my life. Hmm. Okay. Well. Also, there were no replies or follow-ups. And also, barely anybody commented on this. Yeah, I don't know. No traffic. I don't think Redditors want to tell a woman she's an asshole, <laughs> for one thing. I don't think they like doing that. No, well, this is a would she be the asshole if she told him, you know, that she's if she told him that she doesn't want to play with this guy and doesn't like his inner interacting with him. Yeah, I don't think so. This is the thing is like I, I get I'm the kind of I'm the same kind of person who once I once my social battery is used up, which is very short. I'm like, all right, phone's gone forever. I'm done with it. I don't want it to I don't want to look at it. It's on silent. I'm going to sit and watch YouTube for five hours and then go to sleep. Um, what's, what's amazing is I've been watching this show called Fryerin, uh, something, something, something it's Fryerin. It's got the elf girl in it. You've seen it, right? Philip? it's my discord picture now. Oh yeah. Have you, have you watched any of it yet? Probably no, not. I have not. It's on the list though. Dude, you need to watch it. It's very good. But this character reminds me of me so much because she's like, all right, I'm going to go learn some magic spells. And she fucks off for 50 years. <laughs> and then, and then come, she's like, oh, yeah, I, I should go see my friend and see how he's doing. And then she comes back to the friends. And I'm like, this is just me. Like, this is me to, the, to a T. Well, do you think, let's talk about Tommy then. Do you think Tommy is going to the right method to get a, a RuneScape girlfriend? Buying her skins, D- Discord Nitro? Well, when you put it in RuneScape terms, yes, this is how you get a RuneScape girlfriend. Um, if you want a real life, somebody that wants to be around you though, you should not try to rope people in with gifts that makes people feel uncomfortable, especially if they're bad about that. I am terrible about receiving gifts. I've gotten a lot better over the years, but man, I, I, I really feel awkward after I get a gift. Cause now the first thing I'm thinking is I've got to get them a gift. Now I have to figure out what they like. I have to do a lot of work groundwork now. <laughs> well, you know, this, this is kind of funny cause it reminds me, we had a friend I don't remember which one it was, but it was with our shadow crew when we were growing up and he played a lot of, I don't know if it was World of Warcraft or what, but he had, like he was pretending to be a girl for a long time and he had like a boyfriend that would Wait, just no. buy him games. What? It wasn't World of Warcraft, was it? I thought it was Fantasy Star Universe. Oh, no, that was it. You're right. It was Fantasy Star. Yeah, because you're a- talking about Mermanda. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really the name? Yes, that was his name. It was Mermanda. Oh my that, god. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but and but the guy still bought him gifts. And I remember, I guess it was Shadow telling me. Shadow was like getting concerned because he's like, at what point are you actually dating a guy? Like, <laughs> yeah. like this seems like, really mean. But he made it clear that he wasn't he wasn't gay or anything. He he was just dragging this guy along, scamming him out of stuff. But then like they would have like Discord calls. They play every night together. Like at that point, I figured the 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 guy that he's scamming or whatever probably knows something is up and is just going along with it. Dude, did I tell you back in the three sixty days when we were in high school? I I would play Halo three with this guy, uh, like the older guy. He was like forty five, fifty. He was like my dad's age, right? Yeah, and um. One day I got a message from him that was like, hey, this is so-and-so's wife. I, I need to talk to you about something. I'm like, oh, 
okay, this is weird. I thought he was fucking with me. And then she okay. started asking me questions about like his habits on the game and stuff like that. And I realized like when we played together, I had a whole lot of like, I would play with a lot of girls, you know like, what I mean? I would have girls in the party and he'd be there and it'd be like, whatever. And she was asking me about all kinds of things. Like, how do I get onto this? Like, what do, do you know what, how to use Facebook? Like, I'm like, she's asking me all kinds of crazy shit. And turns out this person's cheating on his wife, right? And she found that out because of, of talking to me and me walk, walking through how to f- go through stuff and whatever. And so I'm technically a snitch. But what she did was she got, because on her account, like on his Amazon uh, account, he had like his card and everything on there. She yeah. bought me like $100 in Xbox money. Like she was like, fuck this guy. Do you want anything? And I'm like, buy me gamer points. And she was like, okay. <laughs> oh and she bought God. me $100 worth of, like legitimately, dude. I was like, so crazy. yes. I got money, and then his, and then he vanished. I never heard from him again. He probably died. Yeah, like, he probably he started, was killed. Yeah, she killed him. Yeah. I would. What was crazy is I thought I was being. I never talked in person to this person, so I didn't know if he was fucking with me or what. But man, I really did get a hundred dollars, and so I was like, okay, cool. God, that's so crazy. What but a then weird I was world afraid. we live in. I was legit like, man, what if I get banned for this? But I'm like, how would they fucking... How would they, how would they find <laughs> how they me? Know? Yeah, I don't know. Dude, I used to be so annoyed with you when we were growing up and you were me doing your weird internet girlfriend stuff where you'd be just talking to girls while we are trying <laughs> to play Halo 3 where I'm like, alright dude, let's get in here. You know, we're split screening, time to play some Halo. And you're like, hold on, I just need to send one message. And I'm like, the match is fucking starting! And you're like, in the guy trying to type on this stupid dude, Xbox yeah. thing. I was, dude, I got so fat. Like, people have been over here on my, on, like, they're like, hey, Nave, put in my password. And I'm just like, okay. And I just do it real fast. Like, how the fuck are you so fast at that? And I'm like, dude, I was, I was an e-slut, man, when I was 15. <laughs> I was going after him, I man. found it so annoying. I was <laughs> like you would kill me so hard. I'm like, fuck, can we just fucking play some Halo Nave? We don't even talking to random people yeah. on the internet. I don't need to talk to him, we just need to kill him. <laughs> Get those frags. Yeah, that was the thing too, is that we would be playing and there would be the it would be someone in our game that was messaging me and we'd be in that God damn, I forgot about that shit, man. I was I and it wasn't even just girls too. I was messaging everybody. I used to talk to uh you remember John? I used yeah. to talk to him all of the time. Like, through the messages and shit. I was like, man, I just got really good at typing and shit, too. I'm, like, really fast at it now. All right, so uh, advice for this lady, going back to the Am I the Asshole, should she say something to Tommy? Should she not and just keep stealing, or not stealing, receiving gifts from him? Uh, She should stop receiving gifts from him and, like, stand up for herself. It's going to be awkward, but like you got to, the longer you let this go on, the harder it's going to be to make it stop. And the more awkward you're going to feel. If you feel trapped now, you need to stop now. Like like, that's the moment where you should cut it off. I feel like when we're online communities at this point, it should be even easier to block people just in every community. Like you can block them on league, block them on discord, discord. It sucks because she's probably going to lose the league friends she has because if they're going to keep playing with Tommy or whatever, but yeah. It just kind of sucks how it all worked out. Or maybe she can say something to the friend group, too. And be like, hey, guys, I just don't want to be around Tommy. Like, if you're going to play and Tommy's there, like, don't invite me. But otherwise, invite me. I think that's just what you're going to have to do. I think she, because at this point, it looks like it's gone on for too long. But it's like, if for people out there, if things are, like, if she want, if she wanted to, she could just give him Discord Nitro back and some League skins back. It'd just be like, okay, now we're even, Steven. 
I don't want to fucking do this anymore. If you're going to be weird, I'm just going to have to mute you. Like, and that's it. Like, I don't want whatever this is. What's really funny is that I was just doing something. And, well, I'll tell you about this offline, actually. I can't tell about this on the podcast. All right. That's fine. Uh, I'm looking at the comments to see what other people are saying. And the only major comment I got any traffic was people saying that this is just common for female gamers. And other people have also been put in this position. That's the thing, man. As soon as the as soon as the girl as soon as the girl starts speaking up, it changes the fucking dynamic of the chat. It really does. And like this is something that I've noticed a lot. And like when I go and play LFGs, like when back when I would play Rainbow Six Siege all of the time, um, like it it just gets weird. As soon as there's a girl, it gets weird, and everyone wants to talk to the girl and impress her. And it's just some weird like lizard brain thing that a lot of people have. And I end up making a lot of friends just because I don't fuck with that. Like, I don't like it. I think it's weird. I feel weird. Usually I'll leave, but sometimes I'll, if they're funny, I'll stay. But like, I don't know. Like, I, don't know. I specifically, like if sucks. I see an LFG and I'm looking for one and I see that one literally like, that's obviously a girl. I specifically avoid that. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. Well, it, th- this is the thing too. Like, cause you could put like hashtag girl host in there. And usually when I see girl host, it's not that it's a girl and I don't want to play with girls, but as soon as I see girl host, it's that that's their, them advertising that they're a girl. And that, that means they're attract trying to attract a specific a type of person <laughs> into the group, which is not the me. I'm not that type of person. So I don't oh want to be God. around that. We've been playing, um, call of duty mobile for the pod, or at least I've been continuing. And I always <laughs> check, I check the, the chat. And there are people like that that are just talking about like, I am a girl, come join my lobby or whatever. And then there's other people that are coming there like looking for girlfriend in the Call of Duty yeah. mobile chat, Dude, public chat. Legit, everyone just go onto L- Xbox LFG on Rainbow Six Siege, on Fortnite, on uh, Halo, on anything that's big in mul- multiplayer. You're going to find people going, uh, we need a girl to join. And I'm like, what is that, man? I feel like so weird. But it's Dude, like, it's they- so weird. It doesn't make sense. It's weird, but there are girls that want that attention. You know what I mean? So it does. So there's it's uh, it's a market that's always. It's like, have you seen this Twitch controversy that's been going on? No, well, there's always Twitch controversy. It's What's going always, on? Well, this is the thing. So I went on Chris on One Hour One Decision. They streamed the Game Awards, and I joined them. I got very drunk <laughs> because I stopped. I didn't care. So I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna get drunk. I don't want to watch this anymore. But um, the as soon as I turned on Twitch, there was a chick with huge tits and oil right on the center, so it's very shiny in that one spot. And that and her tits were like, this is the new meta. Like basically, be topless, but don't show your nipples. So the camera's panned up enough to where your nipples aren't showing. And that's been the meta for a while. And people are complaining about it. Well, Twitch, in their infinite wisdom, rather than ban the people trying to sell porn to children, because Twitch is a 13-plus website. It's an application for children, for video games. The Twitch decided now they're going to allow artistic nudity. And so instantly, porn was everywhere. You could not go anywhere without porn plastered everywhere. And in like 24 hours or 48 hours, they had to roll it back. They're like, we made a mistake. Somehow we didn't see this coming, even though this oh was the God. only fucking thing that could have happened. Like, that is the only, the only result. No, I missed that one. But uh, it sounds like a wild weekend. Dude, I've been like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, everything's going crazy. Like, the fucking internet historian got hit for plagiarism. I'm like, man, there's like a, there are just 
guerrilla warfare is going on yeah, everywhere right now. Hold on, um, what's his face? Uh, the was the um, Cinemasker dude. Uh, oh yeah, angry video uh, game nerd got hit for plagiarism nerd. too. Yeah. Well, it wasn't him. It was his team. Well, yeah, it was one of his writers. Apparently, yeah. who plagiarized like forty videos in a row or something. Jesus, man. And just never notice. Well, I mean, how would he notice unless somebody calls you out for plagiarism? If you're just going off what your writers write for you. Yeah. And he was phoning. He's angry video game nerd's been phoning it in for a while. So. Dude, he has. He has just been milking the last of his his early internet clout for a long time. Because I used to kind of like his stuff. I used to like his stuff, especially growing up. But now yeah. uh, it's not. It's not the same. You get tired, dude. I would get tired of it. <laughs> like, oh, I don't yeah. want to do this anymore. But if you, if it pays for your house, I wouldn't stop either. Makes you feel trapped. Anyways, Just like this back lady. to this episode. <laughs> yeah, that lady's trapped. Uh, yeah, lady, uh, you're going to have to say something. Otherwise, it's never going to end. You're yeah, going you to get married to him if you don't. Legit, it sucks. But like, if you're a woman on the internet, uh, you're just going to have to set boundaries faster than you probably would like. Because people are going to want to make you their RuneScape girlfriend. And this exactly. has been a thing. That is why RuneScape girlfriend exists. Because if you had a girl avatar, people would just trade you and give you money and give you things. Philip did this. When I was playing RuneScape with Philip, he was a girl. So fast. It happened instantly. Philip got rich while I was killing cows for hours. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Like, I don't really Dude, suck. I got a RuneScape boyfriend in like less than 15 minutes. It was so fast. He gave him so much shit, and I was just killing cows for the whole time we played RuneScape together. Insane. And with that, let's take a quick break, and then we can hit the meat. music plays. Boom, 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 boom. Now, I think I actually do need a bathroom break this time. I've been chugging water. Phil, did, did you, you know see what? that? <laughs> did you see that they had people filmed gay sex in the U.S. Senate? Like building. Okay, why? Aaron, no, well, is, <laughs> I, this a, is this a political statement or is it just for funds? I think it was, I don't know. <laughs> but America fucks officially now. <laughs> this is almost great as the uh, Final Fantasy porn in the uh, Italian Senate. What? You didn't hear about this? <laughs> no. Okay, I that? think it was Italy where they had like a Senate. Uh, specifically, they had... I think it was like somebody pulled up a, a their shared their screen and they just were just had Final Fantasy porn up. What in the there is a very funny clip of I don't know. OK, so I have two things in my head now. So for one, there was a government that was doing like a community thing and they were doing it in like VR chat. And one of the people had Majima as his skin, which was pretty <laughs> fucking dope. I think it was a That's South funny. American country. And for two. I don't know. What are you looking up? Because I'm about to look something up, too. No, I just shared. Uh, they called it the Italian Senate incident, but the Italian Senate actually <laughs> plays 30 seconds of inappropriate Tifa Lockhart video. Inappropriate. This looks in- entirely appropriate. God. This looks extremely appropriate. Oh, apparently it was during a Zoom meeting. That was the whole thing. And apparently now uh, there's a new form of cyber vandalism called Zoom bombing. Where hackers get into a Zoom meeting and then take over the presenter screen and then play lewd or offensive materials. Here, and apparently this. that's what happened. It wasn't an Italian senator. Apparently it was cyber crime. All right. So look at that first. That's not what I was talking about. It says, please click, click the picture. And then the picture is Hogwarts Legacy Nintendo Switch patch notes. Oh, my God. It's so big. <laughs> Doesn't that look like a 
fucking Elder Scroll? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like why? Why is this a photo? You can't read this. No one can read this. Isn't that insane? That is not a joke. Okay, but here's what they I was posted that. Learning. Yeah, they posted that. Okay, so this right here, this is what's going on on Twitch right now. Who knows? Maybe it's all working out for uh, the plan. You know what they want? What they want to do? What you looking at? What's happening here? Oh, who is that? Huh? I don't know who that was, but I, I don't know. Jukies. That is a uh, that's a reindeer. Is it Jukies? Well, it's Jukies. Jukies. Huh. Come on, man. That, that was like during a tournament. There was just one of they had a bunch of random Call of Duty MLG players streams up, and one of their streams, one of the people streaming was looking at one of the seven thousand cam girls, like the porno girls, who was just walking around in a in a bathing suit <laughs> or whatever. They're ruining the sanctity of Call of Duty. But it's really funny because it was it just right funny. there on the live stream. It's fucking great. And the guy, did you hear that one guy? He's like, what is this? And the other guy was like, uh, that's a reindeer. Because <laughs> 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 he has a reindeer. The girl has reindeer horns on or something. I don't know. God damn. So dumb. All right. Did you know that the uh, the planets <laughs> have different names in Japanese? <laughs> no, but I figured like they would have named them before. Because it's like Ooh. Japan is Nimpon, right? Yeah. So they it's don't, like they, they don't call themselves, themselves Japanese. We saw Japan. We named them, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of fucked up. Whenever I, like we have a lot of names for countries, that's like that's not what we call ourselves, but it's what we call them. That's what I always think. It's so weird. Whenever I'm like, "How do you say this in Spanish?" and it is just the English word, and I'm like, "You guys didn't have a fucking word for this before. <laughs> Why do you guys just say the English word? That's so weird." When I was watching the Xenoblade stream or whatever, like he's at the final part where he's fighting God in space and they are literally walking through the solar system. And in the background, I was like, oh, it's Jupiter. And then he looked at it and he was like, Jupiter, what the fuck is that? And then he's like, this is fucking Murasaka. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I had to like (laughs) Google Japanese planet names. And then I played what planet is this with this guy as as he was walking through the, the little level. So that was pretty fun. I did not know that. Yeah, me either. I, Which, have I haven't seen Sailor Moon in Japanese, so I don't know how oh, how variant yeah. the dubs are. Like, do they say Sailor Jupiter and shit like Sailor Mars, or do they say the Japanese names? I feel like they have to say the Japanese names, but I'm not sure. Or are they even named after celestial bodies in the Bitch Japanese Because that happens sometimes. Yeah, like like in gone. the what are the Power Rangers called? Oh, uh, Super Sentai. Super Sentai's. That's it. Yeah, it's like totally yeah. different. All right, with that, we're back now. Nave, <laughs> explain to the listener at home what we're doing this week. What does this meat? All right, what are we serving? What kind of meatloaf have we cobbled together to give to the dear listener at home? All right, dun dun dun. This is going to be the Mortal Kombat episode where we're actually taking our patrons and the guests that we've had this year. In the bracket, a tournament ladder, if you will, where they will fight to the death with ChatGPT at our side uh, in order to become the grand champion, grandmaster, whatever, of Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And with that, let's get right into it. So this is almost like a preemptive thank you. Like, we've come up to the end of the year. These are all our co-op partners, all our supporters. And we really wanted to put something together. Well, Nave, Nave headed this whole thing. I, I was just like, you want to do something? Let's, let's go for it. Let's experiment. 
So this is our thanks to all our listeners and supporters over the year. A victory lap. Pretty much. So we don't, we don't win. We don't no. win ever. So specifically, we are using uh, text generation software. I think Nave's using like Bing AI, which is a different variant of ChatGPT. I'm using just base 3.5 ChatGPT. Maybe we'll switch it up. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, like Nave did a lot of experimentation. I have done none. We'll figure so let's it out. get started. Well, first off, we're going to name off all of our contestants, starting with the patrons. And then it's, I think it's going to be an order of like in chronological order, but some people have been on multiple episodes. Some people have been on many episodes and we'll, we'll just name all of that out. So, uh, Philip, you want to do the patrons? Don't forget Nick. He's oh down my God. Which, 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 which list? Just do the sheet one. Sheet one. Oh yeah. I see that now. Okay. You're the one that made multiple sheets. I don't even know how to do that, Philip. All right. So patrons, insane cracker, Mr. Quang. Uh, K.O. Cappy, our newest patron, Intergalactic Pinecone, Michael Superbacker, and Hopple. And Nick. You forgot Nick! Oh, you, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Which, these are all our patrons. I, I'm not sure if everyone's still a supporter at this point, uh, or still active supporters, but either way, if you were a supporter at any point during this year, you made it on the list. Yep. We love you. We thank you. We also got... Uh, so this is going to be, I don't know if we want to alternate, but, uh, so Ryan Turford from Carpool Gaming, who was on our 85th episode, Devil and Me, uh, I just played Halo with him and, uh, Sean Capri and, and a whole bunch of other people Dude, over there. Carpool they love Gaming. Halo over fun. there. Oh yeah, it's very fun. Uh, next up is Bill from, uh, Gaming and Collecting, our resident game collector, or one of our big ones. Yep, he was on episode 86, Streets of Rage, along with Tony from the PlayStation Rumble. Next up, we got Aaron from Superpod Saga, our other resident game collector. He was just sharing, um, what game did he buy? I don't remember which one, but he was showing off his collection. <laughs> it was something stupid. Hold it was something play, random, play. one-off. And I bring it up because I am, in fact, jealous of people that actually collect games. Yeah, I wish I kept my games. I used to have a lot of them. Yeah, I used to have so many 360 games that the, the, the I would stack them up halfway up my body. I'm like five foot ten. It'd be halfway up my body, and I'd have four stacks of them. Like, just that many games. But, anyway, Aaron was on our Dicey Dungeons listening together and our Persona 3 listening together. Re- 91, Resident Evil 5. He was in our 8-man draft. Rise, Son of Rome, and Radiant Silvergun. This guy's been on a lot. Uh, then we got Jono and Nasty Nate, both from the Elder Trolls, who were all both on Pokemon Unite, 8-man draft, Diablo 4, and Enlisted. Meanwhile, Dandolph only showed up for Enlisted in Diablo 4. Also from the Elder Trolls. Yeah. But yeah, he's a busy boy, old Dandolph. All right, we also got Nick... Who is who? This year was on the most episodes from oh, the Friday Night Game. Congrats, Gamecast. Nick! Congrats, Nick! You are now. I called him Lick. Great. <laughs> you're Leave the you're the resident third chair for this year. Uh, usurping Molly. So now Molly's kicked out. She's not in the. She's not going to be twenty twenty four uh, thumbnails anymore. Uh, Nick was on Hades Kingdom Hearts listening together so nick was the first person to do two listening oh, together i forgot we he, lied. Sn- he snuck in on the kingdom hearts 2 one i forgot about that he, so we lied to aaron about that what what fools are we but he was on the eight man draft and then Wo long glitch busters dragon ball legends op- our open world discussion and quake 2 next up we got dave from remember 64 for hot wheels unleashed i wish we and- could have got you on a better game <laughs> sorry dave we can have you on next year. Uh, Red Fox from Night of the Living Podcast, who was on our Turtles in Time episode. Joseph, Mr. Badbit from the Trophy Room. We got him on Sea of Thieves. 
Eric from the Unlockables for our Kingdom Hearts listening together that that See, Nick snuck in no, on. I think that was supposed to be Eric's episode, and then Nick's like, hey, you guys, I see that you're talking about some, uh, was it Kingdom Hearts? I love Kingdom Hearts. And we're like, meanwhile, Eric has like a dedicated Kingdom Hearts podcast. Series. Yeah, he has series like on his- dozens of hours on Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Which I have listened to a significant amount of without playing more than Kingdom Hearts 1 at this point. I've been playing like, the Kingdom Hearts rhythm game. That's oh, yeah, the, the Melodies one. I yeah, picked that up and I, I started it for my 100 games this year. And then I'm like, I don't think this is for me. And Dude, then I put well, it back down. What's insane is I've got like dozens of hours in it now and I'm still not done with it. Like I, there are so That's many what I'm saying. songs. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to play this. It's really cool. What sucks is it's so front loaded because Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 are early and then you have to do 297, 300 days and a half and then Dream Drop Distance and Melodies of, the, of Fear and st- all, like, all of the what? fucking games. <laughs> the spinoffs that I don't care yeah. about. So I don't know any of the songs for two thirds of the game. And, and we're like, like, we're simple and clean. So depressing. Uh, anyway, uh, we got Jared from Play Along, uh, who was on our Eight Man Draft and also No Man's Sky. And he's supposed to be on our next episode for our big end year review. Yes. Which I don't know what number that episode that is. I don't know if we number the end, the end years, the end caps. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Also, Kai. Kai was on No Man's Sky too. He's also a Play Along. Yeah. Next up, we got Chris from One Hour One Decision, who was in our A Man Draft and Rise. Sorry, we're going to get you on some better games. <laughs> we got Jordan from Complete UK Xbox, Complete Xbox UK, which is a website he writes for, and he was on Wolong. Yeah, uh, Colin Moriarty from uh, Sacred Symbols, who's on our his Twin Breaker game, our Twin Breaker, which I missed most of that one, but it was pretty good. Yeah, your power went out, and then I was just scared the whole time because I had to do everything. I was like, oh no. Uh, we also got our friend JP. Philip wrangled him around for Mountain Blade, Bannerlord, Hunt, Showdown, Gears of War, Judgment, and Warhammer Dark Tide. What a spread. Yeah. Well, not really, actually. No, those are definitely his games that I yeah. need to talk about. <laughs> those are games he plays. Well, not Gears Judgment either. but Because he was like, hey, let's do a Gears game. I love Gears. And I'm like, let's do the bad one. Let's do the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not even that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's a bad Gears game. But it's it's not that bad. Alright, next we got Chris D from a novel console with Star Wars Battlefront 2, the 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 newest one, not the old one. Yep. And then we got uh Robert from ASAP Weekly on Hearthstone Battlegrounds. Keith Mainquest for Starfield, which are, was then, our Starfield first look, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then we got Aaron, our friend Aaron Wildfox. He's a, a Twitch and Kick streamer, I think it's Kick, and he is at its Wildfox playing party animals. Thank you, everyone who uh, contributed or just spend their time with us. Really appreciate it. All right. And now for the, the meat and potatoes, we're going to be we already have a bracket set up. Um, and so everyone's already everyone's kind of randomly thrown in there. You're going to fight to the death and uh, made the best man win or whatever. Uh, at the end, we're also going to do a battle royale with everybody together, and it's going to be like a quick bullet point thing, so it won't be crazy long. So there, you'll have something to listen to after your bra- after you die in the bracket, because most of you are going to die, uh, and that's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make for my own entertainment. Um, I think what we're going to do also is if you, it, we're going to try and keep track of the injuries that we take. So that way, when you, if you survive to round two and you have a broken arm, you're going to have a broken arm in the next fight. But since everyone's probably going to get injured in some way, 
Uh, if this is complicated, we're not going to do it. <laughs> do that, just Let's just keep it at that. All right, are you ready, Philip? Yeah, let's get started. Uh, Yo, this so, short story isn't looking very short. <laughs> what, whatever. did you make one already? Yeah, it was just an interesting one. the first one? No, you do the first one. I did the second one already. Did you copy-paste the thing I put in there? Yeah. There's so, probably going to this... be some serious editing around this, too, dear listener. So if you hear any sharp cuts, that means we were fixing something. I didn't catch everything. All right. Also, one thing that we're going to do is uh, we're going to try and put in a random video game uh, arena. So the fights will take place in different maps, multiplayer maps or whatever. So, Philip, since I'm going to read this first one, do you want to you should pick the place where we're going to fight at? All right, let's see. Our people are Kilcappy and Robert from ASAP Weekly. So specifically, let's do uh, something theming on Robert's ASAP channel. How about the Rocket League Arena? All right. So Calcappy and Robert are going to be fighting in the Rocket League Arena. I'm going to hit submit. Let's see what Bing AI says. All right, Calcappy and Robert were the last two contestants in the Rocket League Arena, a, futuri- a futuristic gladiator-style tournament where the combatants <laughs> used rocket-powered cars. Let them cook. Okay. Where the combatants used rocket-powered cars. Oh my god, hold on. It's hard because it keeps moving as I'm reading. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so, futuristic gladiator-style tournament where the combatants use rocket-powered cars to fight each other. The arena is filled with ramps, obstacles, explosives, and making it the dangerous and thrilling spectacle that it is. Cal Cappy was driving a sleek blue car with a blue lightning bolt decal, while Robert was driving a bulky <laughs> red car with a skull emblem. They had been Ooh. rivals since the beginning of the tournament, and they both wanted to claim the ultimate prize, a lifetime supply of Bing credits. <laughs> The battle was fierce and intense. I love the plug. All right, the battle was fierce and intense. As they each chased each other around the arena, trying to ramp, flip, and blast their opponent, Calcappy was faster and more agile, but Robert was still more resistant. Was resilient. They exchanged witty insults and taunts over the loudspeakers, trying to sag each other out. Uh, You're going down, Robert. You're nothing but a slow and clumsy brute, yelled Calcappy. Robert replies, Ha! You're the one who's going down, Calcappy. You're nothing but a flashy and fragile show-off. They both scored several hits on each other, but neither could deliver the final blow. Their cars were damaged and smoky, but they refused to give up. The crowd was cheering and booing, and depending on their favorite. Finally, Calcappy saw an opening. She saw a ramp that led to a high platform where a large barrel of explosives was placed. She decided to to make a risky move, accelerating towards the ramp, hoping to launch herself and her car towards the barrel and then detonate it in midair, creating a massive explosion that would engulf Robert's car. This is it, Robert. Time to say goodbye. What are you doing, Calcappy? You're crazy. <laughs> Calcappy reached the ramp and flew into the air, aiming for the central barrel. She pressed a button on the dashboard, activating a remote detonator, and smiled wickedly as she prepared to unleash her final attack. Bing it on. However, <laughs> she miscalculated. <laughs> Robert had seen thing? the plan. I don't know. <laughs> Robert had seen the plan and reacted quickly. She's, he swerved the barrel and of his he swerved his cart and drove towards the ramp, following Calcappy's tra- trajectory. He reached the barrel before Calcappy did and used his car to shield himself from the blast. He also pressed a button on the dashboard, activating a hidden blade that extended from the front of his car. No, you bing it on. The barrel exploded. <laughs> 
sending a huge fireball into the sky. Cow Cappy's car was caught in it in the, in the blast, and she screamed in pain and terror. Robert's car was also damaged, but he survived. He used his blade to pierce through Cow Cappy's car, impaling her. He looked at her dying opponent and smirked. Looks like you're out of credits, Cow Cappy. He twists his blade, finishing them off. He then drove his car to the ground, where he greeted he was greeted by cheers. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple things. Yeah, a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of and things. He also says, uh, "Being is the best," and so is Robert. <laughs> like, there's a lot more, but I don't, they just keep saying, all the- "Oh my god!" <laughs> Definitely need to rein that in. But pretty yeah. good stuff. I love the Bing references, and also, <laughs> god, it's just so stupid. But uh, good job, Robert. You won. Sorry to the defeated cow, Cappy. Very sad, but deaths need to happen. So, well done. Next up, we have Jared Playlong and Eric Unlockables. Where are you thinking for this one? Because I'm really feeling a Kingdom Hearts zone, maybe like Agrabah or something. Uh, actually, I think <laughs> let's go with something completely unrelated and make them fight in Summoner's Rift from League of Legends. On the Summoner's Rift, the battlefield crackled with arcane energy as Jared, a battle-hardened knight, faced off against Eric, a mysterious sorcerer with the powers drawn from the very essence of the Rift itself. The air buzzed with anticipation as the two champions circled each other near the mid lane, surrounded by a clash of minions and the distant roars of powerful creatures. Jared swung his mighty sword, the blade glinting in the ethereal light of the Rift, while Eric conjured orbs of arcane energy that danced around him menacingly. The battle between the two was a spectacle for the unseen spectators who controlled their every move. Ooh, and lore stuff. As the confrontation escalated, Jared's strength and skill clashed with Eric's unpredictable magic prowess. Spells and strikes echoed across the landscape, creating a tempest, a tempest of chaos in the once peaceful rift. In a moment of vulnerability, Jared saw an opening lunge forward, his sword poised to strike. However, Eric, with an enigmatic... Enigmatic smirk? Enigmatic. Enigmatic? I don't know that word. It's on in my vocab list. Enigmatic smirk summoned the very essence of the rift itself. A surge of magical energy enveloped Eric, empowering him with an otherworldly force. Jared, now realizing the shifting tide, attempted to retreat, but the rift's energy bound him in place. Eric's eyes glowed with supernatural intensity as he uttered, In the heart of the rift, power is the only truth. <laughs> The ground beneath them tripled as Jared struggled against the magical constraints, and in a swift and brutal move, Eric channeled the Rift's energy into a devastating spell. Arcane forces spiraled around him before converging into a powerful beam that pierced through Jared's defenses. The once mighty knight fell to his knees. Overwhelmed by the sheer force of the Rift's power, Eric approached, the glow of victory in his eyes, and delivered his chilling one-liner. In the Summoner's Rift, you play by my rules. (laughs) God. So, so stupid. With a gesture unleashed the final blow, the arcane energy engulfed Jared, disintegrating him into motes of light that scattered across the battlefield. As the echoes of the battle faded, Eric stood alone in the middle lane, a victor in the twisted arena where champions clashed and destinies were decided. Sorry, Brutal. Jared. R.I.P. Jared. Playlong still has a chance. because Were there Kai any injuries in, in Robert's Fight. Um, I surmise that he was probably burned by the explosion. So I just typed that's, in. Burn. That's fair. Was Jared? I mean, was uh? No, what? Jared did not receive Eric. any injuries. Eric or Eric did not receive any in- injuries in this fight. Okay, well he's not injured. Good for you, Eric. 
I don't know if that matters this with an AI. It, it, it really <laughs> doesn't. They're just making yeah. stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Eric Unlockables moves on to the next round. Uh, so for the third fight of round one, we have Keith from the main quest and our friend JP. Where should this bite take place? I mean, they both like Resident Evil. What are good Resident Evil places? Like the, the mansion? What's the let's mansion do called? The, uh, Raccoon City Police Department. Okay, that's good. All right, we're cooking. It's microwaving. All right, uh, I'm going to try and read while it's cooking. Uh, Keith and JP were the last survivors of their squad, trapped in the Raccoon City Police Department by hordes of zombies and other horrors. They had been friends and partners for years, but the stress and fear of the situation had driven them to madness. They blamed each other for the deaths of their comrades and decided to settle the score in a final showdown. They met in the main hall, armed with their weapons and grenades. They exchanged insults and threats, and then opened fire. Bullets flew and blood splattered, but neither of them could land the fatal shot. They ran out of ammo and resorted to melee combat, using their knives and fists. They slashed and punched, dodged and parried, until both were exhausted and wounded. Keith managed to knock JP down and pinned him to the ground, raising his knife, ready to stab him in his throat. He smirked and said, Looks like you're out of luck, buddy. Say hello (laughs) to the devil for me. Before he could finish him off, JP grabbed a grenade from his belt and pulled the pin. He wrapped his arms together around Keith's neck and whispered, No, you say hello to him. We're going together. He pressed the grenade to Keith's chest and waited for the explosion. A loud bang echoed through the hall, followed by a flash of fire and smoke. The blast tore them apart, leaving nothing but Gordon to please. They are both dead. Whoa, a a double elimination. Did not see that one coming. I don't know if I accept this. Well, what, do you want one of them to come back as some kind of half-constructed abomination or something? (laughs) Like now we have Mecha JP. Or he's been Weskerfied. Uh, I'm just gonna say one survived. I'm gonna see if it continues. Oh no! It's telling me about a game called No One Survived on the Steam Store. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just gonna redo this. I'm just gonna redo this and uh, just Take. read the last person who. Sounds okay, good. who lived? Who lived? Regenerate. Keith won. Okay. Keith killed him. Somehow he survived the grenade. Good job, Keith. All right, Keith. Keith had the the uh, the what's it called? The T virus inside of him. Yeah, he regenerated or something. All right. Next up, which any injuries we're gonna give him for that one? Maybe burns from the grenade or no? He, he's full. Yeah, <laughs> let's go with burned. Okay. Are you tracking these injuries? Because I'm not. Yeah. Okay. I'm tracking them. There's a spot in the in the dock for it. Next up, we got Nasty Nate from the Elder Trolls against Hopple. Where do you think they should fight? Because you know, Elder Trolls they they love the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> no, uh, I think that they should fight. They should fight in the fishing pond from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> I'm just giving the AI nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a specific location in video games. Let's see how he goes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> The sun dipped low on the horizon, casting an orange glow across the tranquil waters of the fishing pond in the heart of Hyrule. The serene atmosphere, however, was about to be shattered by the impeding clash between two fierce warriors, Nasty Nate and Hopple. 
Nasty Nate, a notorious mercenary with a grim reputation, <laughs> stood on one side of the pond, his eyes locked onto his adversary on the opposite bank. Hoppel, a skilled and agile warrior known for his acrobatic prowess, awaited the inevitable confrontation. The tension in the air was palpable as the two combatants circled each other, their weapons gleaming in the faded sunlight. Nasty Nate brandished a wickedly curved blade, while Hoppel held twin daggers with deadly precision. Without warning, Nasty Nate lunged forward, with like across the water <laughs> lunge forward slashing a hobble with a ferocity that betrayed his name hopple however dodged and weaved with grace narrowly avoiding each deadly strike the battle raged on a dance of blades and the skill as both warriors fought for dominance as the fight reached its climax nasty nate managed to land a vicious blow sending hopple sprawling to the ground with a malevolent grin nasty nate approached his fallen foe ready to deliver the final blow but hopple Refusing to yield, summoned his last ounce of strength and executed a lightning-fast maneuver that caught Nasty Nate off guard. With a swift spin, Hobble disarmed his opponent, sending the curved blade skittering across the pond surface. Skittering across the pond surface? Is it frozen? In a surprising turn of events, Hobble stood victorious, gasping for breath. He looked down at the defeated Nasty Nate and delivered a one-liner <laughs> that echoed across the tranquil pond. Looks like your nastiness couldn't quite keep up. As nasty, <laughs> as nasty Nate seethed with anger, Hopple seized the moment. With a single fluid motion, he retrieved one of his thrown daggers and, with unyielding resolve, drove it into the restless ground or into the ground beside Nasty Nate's head. The defeated warrior stared at the blade, realizing realization dawning on him. Hopple leaned in and whispering a final chilling line, "Your reputation just took a dive." With that, he delivered a ruthless kick, sending Nasty Nate into the pond's murky waters. The ripple subsided, leaving only the quiet echo of a battle concluded at the fishing pond from Ocarina of Time. <laughs> God, that is so dumb. But Hopple won by Hopple drowning him. Nate. How did, would you say Hopple? What would we say? He, he got Hopple hurt, took right? a hit. Yeah, he took a, a, a slash. A slash? Oh, it seemed. Oh, no, he got hit and it knocked him down. Let's just say roughed up. Yeah, okay. I don't know how else to describe that. Alright, so Hopple, Hopple is moving on to round two. On our next fight, in the docket, we have Colin Moriarty from Sacred Symbols and Dave from Remember 64. Where do we fight this time around? Okay, so my think is maybe my think. Uh, my first thoughts are like, when I think of Nintendo 64, I think of Star Fox. But I don't know how they could really spin that. Unless you'd be like, they're in Starfighters in the asteroid belt above Corneria or something. I don't know. Well, I, I want to try and keep it from putting them in, in, in cars and vehicles. Because I feel <laughs> I like they won't get injured in that case. True. But then again, we need it to vary up. Because we don't want just hand-to-hand combat every time. Yeah. So I don't know. So what do we say? Star Fox? Sure. Uh, I don't know. Let me name it. Get a planet from Star Fox. Yo, what was the name of the planet that, uh, dinosaur planet that they were in, in <laughs> Star Fox? <laughs> the, the one on GameCube. What was that one called? Star Fox GameCube game. The one that had, oh, Star Fox Adventures. That's it. it. Okay, it's literally called Dinosaur Planet. From Star Fox <laughs> Adventures, right? Star Fox Adventures? Oh, Dinosaur Planet. Okay, we're cooking. Okay, I knew it was not going to know what that was. Okay, so 
Colin Moriarty and Dave were the last two survivors of a deadly game show that pitted contestants against each other on a planet full of dinosaurs. Ooh. They had been rivals since the beginning, and now they face each other in a final showdown. They stood on opposite sides of the large arena, surrounded... God damn it. And now it's moving too fast surrounded and cheer by sharing spectators and hungry beasts the host announced the rules first to kill each other would win a grand prize of a million credits and a ticket off this planet they both grabbed their weapons colin had a plasma rifle and a knife while dave dave had a laser sword and a grenade they glared at each other the host gave the signal and the fight was beginning colin fired his rifle and dave dodged the shots and ran towards him dave swung his sword and colin blocked it with his knife they exchanged blows while trying to find an opening they were evenly matched and neither could gain an advantage. They moved around the arena, avoiding traps and the dinosaurs that lurked in the shadows. They fought with skill and fury, but with desperation and fear. They knew that one of them, only one of them, would make it out alive. They reached a cliff overlooking a full, a valley full of lava and bones. They what? were wounded and <laughs> exhausted, <laughs> but they refused to give up. They locked eyes and charged each other for the final time. Colin aimed his rifle at Dave's chest, but Ga Dave threw his grenade at Colin's feet. The grenade exploded, knocking Colin off balance and sending him flying towards the edge of the cliff. Dave followed him, hoping to finish him off, but Colin was not done yet. He grabbed Dave's arm and pulled him down with him. They both fell towards the lava, screaming and struggling. Dave tried to stab Colin. Colin with a sword, but Colin stra stabbed him back with his knife. They both pierced each other's hearts and blood. <laughs> are they gonna die again? God Sounds damn it. like a double and murder. Blood yeah. <laughs> and both blood spilled from their wounds. They looked at each other and realized they had both lost. They had both failed and wasted both of their lives. They had. N Why are mine so depressing? They had no time to say anything as they hit the lava and burned ashes. The spectators watched in silence and the host right, declared the result. Now just add at the end, but one I of draw. them climbs out from the lava. It is, and then dot, 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 and see if it autofills in. I'm just going to type the same. I'm going to copy and paste the same thing in, but uh, I just type in one must die. No, oh, man, you got to continue the narrative. I can't get it to. I tried to get it to continue the narrative before. It didn't work. Also, it says the end at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Classic. Oh, I should say one must survive. Oh yeah, That's, yeah. This is a uh, not all triangles are squares, but some squares are triangles type deal. What are you over there with the symbiotes and the Zaza? All right, Colin still has the laser rifle and plasma grenade, but Dave has a rocket launcher and a flamethrower <laughs> now. Whoa, this changes everything. Yeah, it really does. This is an insanely Colin is riding a T Rex. <laughs> like, this was an insanely different one. Dave blew the T Rex up with the rocket launcher. Uh. Okay, they struggled for a few seconds until Colin managed to overpower Dave, pull the lever, the cage opened, another T-Rex fell out, landing on Dave with a loud thud. <laughs> Dave screamed in vain terror as the T-Rex bit into his torso, crushing his bones and organs. Colin watched with a smirk as he delivered a one-liner. Looks like you're extinct, Dave. Alright. I love that. Already I'm glad went. we went through that. Uh, Colin, I'll say, what happened to him? Maybe birds. Let's just say burned again. Everyone's getting exploded with grenades. <laughs> all right next round next round is mr quang and insane cracker two of our patrons uh where Patron are we gonna have fight. this battle take place silent hill um <laughs> nuketown from from modern warfare okay wait what is there a night version of nuketown no is the it moon, getting artistically creative <laughs> oh the... wait no i think if the new the zombies map nuketown is at night oh, okay the moon hung low in the night sky, casting an eerie glow over the deserted nuke town. 
The air was thick with tension as Mr. Kwong, a skilled martial artist, oh no, with a mysterious <laughs> face off of insane cracker, a notorious and unprecedented fighter known for his brutal tactics. The two opponents circled each other in the desolate streets. The only sounds, the crunch of gravel beneath their boots and the distant hum of a flickering street lamp. Mr. Kwong's eyes narrowed, studying his foe's every move. While Insane Cracker grinned m- m- maniacally, yeah, maniacally, a glint of madness in his eyes. The first strike came like lightning, a blur of fist and kicks that echoed through the sound streets. Mr. Quang's precision clashed with Insane Cracker's chaotic style, creating a deadly dance of violence, each blow landing with bone rattling force, but neither warrior showing any signs of backing down. After a relentless exchange of blows, Mr. Quang found an opening, delivering a powerful spinning kick that sent Insane Cracker sprawling to the ground. Grasping, gasping for breath, Insane Cracker looked up to see Mr. Quang standing over him, calm determination in his eyes. With a cryptic smile, Mr. Quang uttered a one-liner that sent shivers down Insane Cracker's spine. In the silence, truth emerges. But the battle wasn't over. In a last-ditch effort, Insane Cracker lunged at Mr. Quang, a makeshift weapon in hand. Reacting with lightning reflex, Mr. Quang disarmed his foe in a swift motion, delivering a devastating finishing move. As the life <gasps> drained from Insane Cracker's eyes, Mr. Quang, or no, as, as the life drained from Insane Cracker's eyes, Mr. Quang stood vi- victorious. With a stoic expression, he whispers, "Sometimes silence is the loudest scream." Of- <laughs> Is the fucking best. <laughs> so bad. Poetic echo in the aftermath of the brutal encounter. The nuke town streets remained eerily silent, bearing witness to a battle that reached its grim conclusion. All right, so Mr. Quang seemed to have won hands down. It wasn't even close. <laughs> come on, come on, insane cracker, come on! What are you doing out there? Oh God, the stupid one-liner follow-ups are yes. like the worst part. Also, who won that fight? Did Dave or Colin win on the uh, last one? Colin Moriarty won. All right. He said that Dave was extinct. <laughs> Why? I don't. I don't get the the silence. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like, it doesn't make sense. All right. All right congratulations, Mister Kwong. Uh, next fight in round one is Michael Phillips versus Ryan from Carpool Gaming. Where are we fighting, Philip? Uh, let's see. How about Rapture and Bioshock? Maybe. Or um, what about uh, what was the island from Super Mario Sunshine called? <laughs> Isle Delfino. <laughs> All right, Michael Phillips and Ryan <clears throat> were the last two fighters standing in the Isle Delfino tournament. They had defeated all the other challenges and now faced each other in the final round. The golden the prize was the Golden Shine Sprite. The ultimate symbol of glory and power. Is that the it? battle arena <laughs> was a sunny beach surrounded by palms, palm trees and waterfalls. The spectators cheered and booed from the stands, eager to see the outcome of the epic fight. Michael and Ryan stared at each other, ready to unleash their skills and weapons. Michael was a master of fire, able to manipulate flames and heat with his mind. He wore a red suit and a helmet that covered his face. He carried a flamethrower and a jetpack, which gave him mobility and firepower. He was confident and arrogant, believing he was the best fighter in the world the double ryan was a master of water able oh no <laughs> able the to water. control liquids and ice <laughs> with, with with will he bore a blue suit and a visor that enhanced his vision he carried a water gun and a hoverboard <laughs> which gave him agility and versatility Ooh. he was a calm and humble knowing he had to, i feel like this is one-sided 
Yeah, he's definitely setting up the mighty to fall in this one. Knowing he had to fight with all his strength. The referee blew the whistle and the fight began. Michael flew into the air, shooting fireballs at Ryan. He dodged them, using the water gun to spray at Michael. The water cooled down the fireballs, turning them into harmless steam. Michael was annoyed and increased the intensity (laughs) of his flames. Yeah. He aimed at Ryan's hoverboard, hoping to disable it. Ryan saw the attack coming and jumped off his hoverboard. He used his water power to create a wave, which carried him to the shore. He landed in the sand and grabbed the hoverboard, threw it at Michael like a boomerang. Michael was surprised (laughs) and tried to evade it, but the hoverboard hit him in the back, knocking him off balance. Ryan took advantage of the situation and ran towards Michael using his water power to create a whip, which he swung at Michael. This is the first fight with superpowers, right? I think so. Everyone else has just been like soldiers. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Why, Ryan pulled the whip and disarmed Michael. Michael dropped his flamethrower, reached into his, reached for his jetpack, pressed the button, activating his boosters, and flew away from Ryan, and then retrieved his flamethrower. Ryan followed... This is a long one. Ryan followed him, using his water powers to create a geyser. He rode the geyser and reached Michael's level, aimed his water gun at Michael, and fired. Michael dodged the water and counterattacked with his flamethrower. Ryan blocked the fire, countered with his whip. Block- Michael blocked the whip and countered with his fireballs. Ryan blocked the fireballs and countered with the water wave. Oh my god, the two fires exchanged blows. It really is. The two fighters exchanged blows, creating a spectacular display of fire and water. The spectators were amazed and cheered louder. The referee, watching closely, waited for a decisive move, but the battle raged on, and neither fighter seemed to have the edge. But then something unexpected happened. A giant squid emerged from the sea and attacked the fighters. It was Gloober Bloober, <laughs> one of the bosses from the Super Mario Sunshine. It had escaped from its prison, and it was angry and hungry. It grabbed Michael and Ryan with its tentacles and tried to crush them. Wait, let me read ahead. Is this gonna... Okay, Michael and Ryan were shocked and struggled to free themselves. They realized that they had to work together or they would both die. They had to use the fire and water powers to attack the squid, hoping to make it let go. But the squid was too strong and resisted their attacks, tightened his grip, and brought them closer to its mouth. Michael and Ryan both looked at each other. Then they knew they had to do something fast. They decided to use their ultimate moves and combine their fire and water powers. They concentrated and unleashed their full potential. Michael created a firestorm. Ryan created a tsunami. And the firestorm and tsunami collided, creating a massive explosion. I don't know if that's how it works. But the explosion was so powerful that it destroyed the squid and sent Michael and Ryan flying. They landed on the beach badly injured. They looked at each other and smiled. They had survived, defeated the squid, and earned each other's respect and friendship. The referee read... (laughs) <laughs> the referee ran to them, checked There's the There's a referee? He declared both winners and awarded them both a golden shine spray. God oh, yeah. damn it, dude! What is with mine? And, like... <sighs> okay. I'm gonna have to ride it again. <laughs> that was an intense fight. <laughs> I gotta say, one uh, must Dude, I did not expect the one... blooper goober to come in. <laughs> one must survive and one must die. God damn it. Yeah, this one's way different already you mean they don't have fire whips and water whips that they keep <laughs> repeatedly blocking and hit each other with i don't know why what it is about these but i get hyped when i'm reading them i don't know why i'm getting so hyped they're so generically written but they still flow so good except when they do the stupid catchphrase thing yeah. where that is this time they're fighting in an in an obstacle course in isle delfino with like goombas and koopas and piranha plants 
Michael is a tall, muscular man of short black hair, scar on his left cheek, wore a red tank top, blue jeans, black boots, <laughs> specialized so in detail? boxing and wrestling, and his signature move was a powerful uppercut that could knock anyone out with one hit. Ryan was a lean, agile man with long blonde hair and a tattoo on his right arm. He wore a green jacket, black pants, white sneakers. He specialized in karate and parkour, and his signature move was a spinning kick that would break bones with ease. I'm not reading all of this other shit. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Just skip to the end. No way they killed each other. <laughs> it's just, they killed each other um, <laughs> again they kicked a shine sprite and it exploded and then <laughs> and then like five sentences later it says there was no winner there was no survivor there was only death god why <laughs> what in the fuck just are we just gonna can you spin a wheel all right flip a coin heads Did i mean no tails wait no who's heads and who's tails <laughs> Whoever's on top is heads and whoever's on bottom is tails. Sounds good. I'm sorry, Michael and Ryan, but being really wants you guys to either die or survive. It's not listening to me. Did you flip a coin yet? I don't have a coin. No, I was flipping a coin? No. Philip, does it look like I have a fucking coin? All right, I got. Hold on, before you do it, uh, Michael's heads, Ryan is tails. It was heads. All right, Ryan, sorry. The 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 star shine blew up a little bit closer to you. Hmm. Next up, we have Kai from Play Along and Tony from PS Rumble. Where are they t- where are they fighting? Give me more stupid specific locations. Uh, Dust Two from <laughs> from uh from uh, CS:GO Counter Strike. It's just gonna make them soldiers again, though. That'll be all right. Oh my god. I hate when they spend. There's so much detail sometimes. The desolate landscape of Dust 2 stretched before Kai and Tony like a war torn canvas. The remnants of an ancient conflict whispering through the windswept sands, their eyes locked with the intensity of sworn enemies, each step echoing through the abandoned streets as they circled one each other in the fading twilight. The silent. or Kai with his piercing gaze and nimble movements was a master tactician while tony rugged and imposing embodied raw strength and determination the tension in the air was palpable as if the very dust beneath their feet held its breath awaiting the inevitable clash dust the silence shattered with a crack of gunfire echoing off the stone walls as both combats unleashed a barrage of bullets dodging and weaving kai and tony danced through the ruins each there's a lot of dancing each exchange leaving its mark on the decaying walls uh, let's see. As the final firefight raged on, uh, Kai seized an opportunity, ducking behind a crumbling wall and reloading. Tony, however, was the one to be outmaneuvered. With a swift athletic leap, he closed the gap between them, delivering a punishing blow that sent Kai sprawling to the ground. Gasping for breath, Kai rallied his strength, determined not to succumb to the relentless onslaught. With a quick flick of his wrist, I'm losing it on this one, he revealed a hidden blade. He's got a hidden blade in his wrist. Whoa. Catching Tony off guard. The battle took a new dimension as the two warriors engaged in a dance of blades and bullets. The fighting reached its climax in the heart of Dust 2. Surrounded by the skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's just reiterating that they're fighting in Dust 2. Okay. In the moment of breathtaking agility, Kai disarmed Tony, sending his weapon clattering to the ground with a cold grin. Kai delivered a one-liner that hung in the air like a taunt. In this wasteland, only one can survive. But Tony, fueled by sheer determination, unleashed a devastating counterattack. In a last-ditch effort, he tackled Kai to the ground, grappling for control. The air cracked with tension as Tony's fingers closed around Kai's throat, victory within his grasp. In a sudden twist of fate, Kai's 
eyes gleamed with a cold resolve. With lightning fast motion, he retrieved a concealed grenade. Oh no, no. no. In the end, we all leave our mark. The grenade deadened in a blinded flash, engulfing the battlefield in smoke and debris when the dust settled. Only one figure emerged from the haze. Kai stood alone amidst the wreckage, his one line echoing <laughs> through the desolation. Some fights are worth the sacrifice. The lifeless form of Tony lay at his feet. The brutal finishing move, a testament to the harsh reality of battle. As Kai surveyed the aftermath, a solitary figure in a forsaken arena, he couldn't escape the haunting truth that victory often came at a, co- a cost too steep to bear. Okay, so Kai won, but with PTSD. Okay. <laughs> PTSD. Oh, that's good. I was just about to say, maybe we should forsake the injury because everyone's just getting burned by grenades. <laughs> grenades. <laughs> but it almost, I almost want Kai to have PTSD now. <laughs> he's haunted by the truth of war oh i didn't i wasn't getting ready i was captivated by that one i, I was pretty getting ready oh my god so stupid all right so the next fight is taking place congratulations kai by the way play along still survives and just to remind everybody we're having a battle royale at the end of this so if you die keep listening you fucking fuck you you stay right here you don't go anywhere you don't go anywhere all right I'm just buying time for me to figure out who's fighting. We are fighting with Chris from oh, no. Chris D from a novel console and Chris from One Hour and One Decision. That's not good. No. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna call. So this is gonna get confusing for me. So I'm gonna call uh, Chris D from a novel console. You're just gonna be Chris, and because I don't want to type a novel console, and then uh, One Hour One Decision One H One D will be the other. Well, let's, let's no, it's not gonna call like Hour. A, a better, yeah, I'll just call him Chris Hour or something like. That. <laughs> Let's just call him Hour. All right. Okay, so Chris, from One Hour, One Decision, you are Hour. Because your podcast is easier to say, shortly. Okay, where are we fighting? Okay, um, let's think of some good locations. Uh, uh, Do you want to Google iconic game locations? Give you some inspiration? Mushroom so everyone Kingdom? Knows, this, Wyvern, this is Midgar? This is the ninth of 12 in the first round. And there are four people who aren't going to be in the first round because that's just how the bracket turned out. So they're going to be in the second round, though. And Orlando from Dark Souls. <laughs> is that where we want to fight? Black Mesa Research Facility. Pick one before I lose uh, my goddamn mind. Oh, my God. Uh, Pallet Town. There we go. Pallet Town from Pokemon. Oh, my God. This is the second one where where fucking Jared is like, why couldn't I get this one? Like, we put Jared, who doesn't play League, into League place, and then we're like... Hey, remember, <laughs> forget, he chose League of Legends as game of, the, game of the Year over Halo 3. Oh my god, you're right. He did do that. Okay, uh, Pallet Town from Pokemon. It is gonna make them fight with Pokemon. I hope that's okay. it does. I hope it gives them each, like, a team. <laughs> That I have to fucking read a hundred times? Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Chris and Hour were the last two fighters, and it's just always tournaments. They had defeated all the other contestants, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the battle would take place in Pallet Town, a peaceful hometown of legendary trainer Ash Ketchum. 
<laughs> they allowed the, they arrived at town square where a large crowd of spectators had gathered to watch the epic showdown chris wore a red jacket and a black cap and carried a backpack full of pokeballs our rolled I'm, i kind of regret making it hour because that's kind of a hard word to read too but our wore a blue hoodie and a white mask and he had a belt with six pokeballs they oh, scared God, at each six. other with intense hatred <laughs> let me just check and see how long this is it's pretty long okie doke uh they stared at each other with intense hatred as they had been rivals since childhood the referee announced the rules. This is six on six Pokemon battle. Winner is the one who knocks out all the Pokemon. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to read all the Pokemon. There are no substitutions, no time limits, no mercy. Are you ready? Chris and Hour nodded. Threw the first Pokeballs in the air. Chris sent out a Charizard, a fire breathing dragon. Hour sent out Blastoise, a water cannon turtle. The two Pokemon <laughs> roared and ready to battle. Charizard, how long is this? It is still riding. Oh no, this is really long. Yeah, you might need to uh, breathe for this one. If this was a fight to the death, why do they have Pokemon? <laughs> Yeah, you goofed. We're not fighting in Palaton. <laughs> We're not doing this. Maybe copy this. Stop responding. All right, uh, the mine. I don't Stardew want to read a Pokemon. Uh, the mine in Stardew Valley. New okay. Donk City, Super Mario Dude, Odyssey. The fucking thing it gave the prompt it gave me. It was like. 80 sentences in it was still writing <laughs> shit out and they're only through four pokemon oh god that would have went on for fucking ever sorry chris and chris if you wanted to fucking have a pokemon fight but also this pretty writing, generic that it, it gave yes, them blastoise and charizard to start out with charizard blastoise gengar pikachu uh uh snorlax uh Gang- machamp a lot of uh, champ got mentioned. A lot of Gen One, yeah, but I guess they're they're on Palatown, yeah, so that makes Gen sense. One. Mew and Mewtwo flew towards each other and touched their foreheads. They communicated telepathically <laughs> and shared their thoughts and feelings. <laughs> okay, I'm reading the other one. <laughs> also, right. I looked it up. The village or the town where Resident Evil Five takes place is Kijuju. Kijuju. We'll keep that keep that in your pocket. <laughs> Chris and Hour were the last two survivors of the Hunger Games. Okay, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the, the, the arena takes place in the mine in Stardew Valley, a dark and dangerous place full of monsters and traps. They entered the mine from opposite sides, each armed with a sword and a backpack of supplies. They knew that the mine had 120 levels, and that the deeper they went, the more perilous it became. I love it. Dude, they also knew that somewhere in the mine, there was a golden chest that contained a powerful weapon that could give them the edge in battle. They decided to search for the chest and hope to avoid each other until then. They decided to mine. They descended the mine. <laughs> okay, like they decided okay. the mine. What? Well, I was like, I was like, why is mine capitalized? And I realized I read the sentence wrong. All right, so fighting their way through bad slimes and skeletons and other creatures, they also decided to deal with cavens and pitfalls, poisonous mushrooms. They used their swords to slash enemies, their backpacks to heal wounds. Yada yada yada. They reached the hundredth level where they. I, I thought they entered from opposite ends. Whatever. They, they reached the 100th level, where they found a large lake with a small island in the middle. And on the island, there was the gold chest they both saw at the same time and realized that this was their chance. They ran towards the lake and jumped into the water and swam as fast as they could. You know what I'm thinking of? Uh, Like, the place where where Gollum was? Like, you know, I don't know I was why thinking of Harry Potter, because they also have, like, a, a lake in a cave, and there's treasure in the center of it. I was thinking from The Hobbit, because I listened to The Hobbit on audiobook, and like where they he runs into Gollum in the water area. Yeah, and he know. has a he also has a little lake thing, I think, where he keeps his precious or an island. Where were you? Sorry. They jumped in the ranch was like it jumped in the water. He swam as fast as they could, but they were not alone. There were also piranhas in the water. Hungry for flesh. They bit and tore at their legs, made them bleed. They ignored the pain and focused on the chest. They reached the island and climbed out of the water. Both were exhausted and wounded, but their swords were rust and their swords were rusty and dull. What? They from looked the at water? each other. 
and knew that this was it. It's magic water. They had to fight, and only one of them could survive. They opened the chest and saw what was inside. It was a galaxy sword, a legendary <laughs> blade that glowed with cosmic light. It was the ultimate weapon, and they both wanted it. They lunged at the chest and grabbed the sword at the same time. They pulled and tugged and tried to wrestle it from each other. They kicked and punched and bit and scratched. They rolled around the ground and fought with all their strength. They were evenly matched and neither of them could get the upper hand. They fought for what seemed like an eternity until they heard a loud noise. They looked up and saw the ceiling of the mine was collapsing. The mine was unstable. Okay, hold on. Are they going to fucking... Let me look at the bottom. <laughs> going to kill each other again. It's still writing! Oh no, it's so long! What are you it using reached the limit. It, it reached the limit. Oh it just God. says they cheered and applauded and it didn't finish the sentence. Mm. Oh, okay. It's, I, I just wanted to look and make sure that, that someone died. Someone does die. It doesn't matter that it didn't fucking finish it. Okay. Anyway, it is very long, though. Uh, the mine was unstable, and it looked about the cave, and they had to get out, They were buried, or they would be buried alive. They would let go, they let go of the sword and ran towards the exit. They jumped in the water and swam back to the shore and climbed out of the lake, ran towards the stairs. They reached the 99th level and saw that the cave was following them. They had to hurry, or they would be crushed. They ran up the stairs and reached the 98th level. They saw... Oh. They saw that the cave was still behind them. They were getting it was getting closer. <laughs> they ran faster and reached the 97th level. They saw the cave was almost upon them. There was no time to waste. They ran even faster and reached the 96th level. They were almost out. <laughs> no, they weren't. But they were not safe yet. There was only one obstacle in their way. It was level. a giant spider blocking the stairs. It was angry and ready to attack. It had eight legs, eight eyes, eight fangs. <laughs> it was what it was the most terrifying thing they'd ever seen. And they had to get past it. They had no choice but to fight. They drew their swords and charged the spider. The spider spent webs trying to ensnare them. They dodged and slashed at the spider. The spider bit and tried to poison them. They blocked, stabbed the spider. They fought with courage and skill, desperation and rage. They fought with their lives and their souls. <laughs> they managed to wound the spider and make it bleed. They saw an opening and ran towards the stairs. They were almost there, but the spider was not done yet. It had made one last attempt. It lunged at them. It caught Chris and dragged him down. Oh. It wrapped him up in a web and prepared to finish him off. Our saw this, felt a surge of emotion. He felt sadness. He felt guilt. He felt friendship and loyalty. He felt love <laughs> and hate. He felt something that he had never felt before. And he did not know what to do. He had a choice and he had to make it fast. He could leave Chris and save himself. He could win the game and live. Or he could help Chris risk his life. He could die, lose the game. He could. He made his decision. He turned back and ran towards the spider. He yelled at it. Ah! He distracted it. Made it let go of Chris. He freed Chris and helped him up. He gave him a sword and told him to run. He sacrificed himself and faced the spider alone. Chris was shocked and did not understand. He asked Hour, why would he do that? And what was he thinking? Hour smiled and told him the truth. He told him that he was his friend and his ally. He told him that he was his rival, his enemy. He told him that he was his love and his hate. He told him that he was his everything and his nothing. He told him that he was sorry and that he was happy. He told him that he loved him and that he hated him. <laughs> he told him that he was the winner why? and that he was the loser. He told him to live and to remember him. He, t he said his one-liner and performed a brutal finishing move. He said, you are the best thing that ever happened to me. And the word... Okay. Yeah. Wait! What? Okay, it says... Okay, it says, you are the best thing that ever happened to me. And the worst. You are my light and my darkness. You are my heaven and my hell. You are my life and my death. You are my Mewtwo. And I am your Mew. <laughs> I refreshed. There's nothing Pokemon in this. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Oh, okay. That's so weird. <laughs> you are my Mewtwo and I am your Mew. He then used his sword and stabbed himself in the heart. He died, and the spider died with him. He killed himself and killed his opponent. He lost. 
okay. The referee announced the result. This is the end. There's one survivor. Uh, the survivor is Chris. The victim is our. Chris is the winger. Winner. All right. There's other words. Oh my god. Yeah. What the fuck happened there? <laughs> that got a. That went. That went pretty far. Yeah. That made me cry a little bit. Why did it just randomly start talking about Mew and Mewtwo again? <laughs> it knew. You knew that's what you wanted. Oh my god. All right, so what Chris won. Good job, yes. Chris. Chris, Chris from one hour, one decision. Wait, no. What? I thought, no, because Hour died. I thought... I believe you. I, oh. I, I refreshed it already, so oh, I can't see no. that. I believe you. All right, next two characters. or These aren't characters. These are real people. I, and while you were doing that, I came up with quite a few locations that might be of interest. And nice. put them in the chat. But we have Bill from Gaming and Collecting. Welcome to the tournament, Bill. And we have Intergalactic Pinecone. Which we're going to shorten to just pinecone. Uh, so a couple locations that I put in there I thought would be interesting. How are you feeling? Uh, the hyperbolic time chamber. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to be video game places. It's fine. But I know that I want this to, this fight or, to take place on Tutorial Island from Old School RuneScape. Tutorial Island? Yes, please. All right. I was thinking of other Dragon Ball places like Namek. <laughs> No, because then they would both die. You know what would happen. All right. <clears throat> Please don't be long. We're already almost at two hours. And we haven't branched into the, the next round. We have to start making this three ways. The moon. <laughs> Why is the moon always out? <laughs> <laughs> Are you refreshing? Are you making Yeah, it dude, it's a new. It's a whole new thing. <laughs> the moon hung low in the night over Tutorial Island, casting an eerie glow on the ancient ruins and dense forests that cover the landscape. Deep within the heart of the island, Bill and Pinecone faced each other in a battle to the death. The air was thick with tension as the combatants circled each other, weapons drawn, and their eyes locked in a deadly gaze. Bill, a seasoned warrior with years of experience in the world of old-school runescape, brandished a razor-sharp dragon longsword. <gasps> What's he doing on, on the Tutorial Island? He's a hacker. <laughs> he is a hacker, dude. His armor clinked with each step, a testament to the countless battles he had fought and survived. On the other side, Pinecone, an unusual adversary, stood armed with a staff made from a twisted tree branch. Pinecone's body was covered in a peculiar armor made of, you guessed it, Pinecones. Whoa, he's gonna die. <laughs> he's so gonna die. The silence uh, was shattered by the clash of steel as Bill lunged forward, striking with precision. Pinecone dodged and weaved, providing surpri proving surprisingly agile for a foe made of wood and resin. The battle raged on, each command testing the other's limits. In a sudden, unexpected move, Pinecone unleashed a flurry of magical attacks, catching Bill off guard. The Pinecone armored warrior summoned roots from the ground to entangle Bill, temporarily immobilizing him. Seizing the opportunity, Pinecone charged forward, staff raised high. But Bill was not one to be de defeated easily. With a burst of strength, he broke free from the binds and swung his dragon longsword with unparalleled ferocity. The blade cleaved through Pinecone's armor, sending Pinecone scattered in all directions. However, the battle was far from over. Pinecone, now exposed and vulnerable, retaliated with a final desperate spell. A surge of energy enveloped the area. A massive tree grew rapidly from the ground, attempting to crush Bill in its mighty branches. But with swift reflexes, Bill rolled out of harm's way and stood before the battered Pinecone. As the dust settled, Bill uttered a one-liner that echoed through the desolate landscape. In this realm, steel triumphs over wood. With those words, Ooh. Bill executed a brutal finishing move. 
He drove his dragon longsword through Pinecone's core, shattering the wooden frame and ending the battle. Pinecone's form crumbled to the ground, the once mighty warrior reduced to a pile of splinters and debris. Breathing heavily, Bill surveyed the aftermath of the fierce struggle. The moonlight cast a somber glow on the fallen foe. With a mix of exhaustion and satisfaction, he whispered to the knight, This is the reality of Tutorial Island. <laughs> there you go. He's right. It is the reality. <laughs> Good job, Bill. Okay. Sorry. Congrats, Bill. Fine going. R.I.P. Morgan. Yep. All right. Uh, next fight. Second to last for the first round. Uh, Jordan from Complete Xbox and Joseph, Mr. Bad Bit from the trophy room. Mr. Bad Bit is what's going to be put into the chat. Uh, but what arena are we fighting in, Philip? Where is um, our location? How is Camarucho? Do you know how to spell that? Ah, you're gonna, you stole it from me. Jordan and Mr. Badbit faced each other in the neon-lit streets of Kamarucho, the heart of Tokyo's underworld. They were both hired assassins, but they both had a personal score to settle. Jor- Jordan had killed Mr. Badbit's brother, and Mr. Badbit won- had sworn revenge. They Ooh. circled each other, looking for Lord. an opening. Jo- this is a really short one. Jordan was fast and agile, wielding a pair of daggers. Mr. Badbit was a strong, ruthless, strong and ruthless, armed with a baseball bat. They exchanged blows, dodging and parrying, drawing blood and bruises. Jordan managed to slash Mr. Badbit's arm, making him drop his bat. He lunged. He, he then lunged at him, aiming for his throat. Badbit grabbed his wrist and twisted it, forcing him to drop his dagger. Then he headbutted him, stunning him for a moment. Mr. Badbit reached for his bat, but Jordan kicked it away, then grabbed another of his daggers and stabbed Mr. Badbit in the chest. Badbit gasped and coughed up blood. He looked at Jordan with hatred in his eyes. Jordan smiled and leaned closer to his ear. He whispered, say hello to your brother for me. He then twisted the dagger, piercing Mr. Badbit's heart. Badbit's eyes widened and then closed. He fell to the ground. Jordan stood and wiped his blade. He looked around and saw that no one had witnessed their fight. Walked away, leaving Mr. Badbit's body behind. Oof. Cold. Oh, Jordan, I'm sorry, but or not Jordan, Joseph. Jordan survived. I'm sorry Jordan had to go through it, though. Yeah, Seems that's dramatic. right. Next up, we have Nick from Friday Night Gamecast and Red Fox from Night of the Living Podcast. Where do you want him to fight? Uh, Blood Gulch. Blood Gulch? Okay. Say Blood Gulch from Red versus Blue and see <laughs> what it says. All right. In the desolate canyons of Blood Gulch, the air hung heavy with tension. A lot of tension always hanging. <laughs> Nick, and, Nick and Red Fox faced off in a battle to the death. The canyon walls echoed with the clashing of swords and the occasional blast of gunfire. So that we got swords and guns in this one. Each combatant moved with deadly precision, fueled by determination to emerge victorious. Nick, with his dark cloak billowing in the wind, circled Red Fox, a fierce warrior adorned in crimson armor. The clash of their weapons sent sparks flying. The intensity of their flight escalating with every passing moment. It was a battle of skill, strategy, and survival. As the skirmish reached its zenith, Nick found an opening and swiftly disarmed Red Fox, sending his weapon flying. Victory seemed imminent for Nick, but Red Fox, undeterred, reached for a concealed dagger. The fighter raged on, or fighting raged on with both warriors pushing their limits. In a sudden twist, Red Fox unleashed a blinding flash grenade, disorientating Nick. Seizing the opportunity, Red Fox lunged forward with the dagger, aiming for Nick's heart. The canyon fell into a momentary silence as the blade reached its target. But Nick, drawing on reserves of strength and cunning, sidestepped the last second, narrowly avoiding the lethal blow. 
in a swift counter move. He disarmed Red Fox once more. Dang, Butterfingers. This time leaving him <laughs> With a wry smile, Nick uttered a one-liner that echoed through the canyon. Looks like your luck just ran out, Red Fox. But as Nick prepared to deliver a final blow, a mysterious figure emerged from the shadows. It was a neutral observer <laughs> and silently watching the battle unfold. The figure revealed that the battle was a test, a simulation to assess the combat prowess of both warriors. In a surprising turn of events, the observer commended Nick and Red Fox for their exceptional skills and offered them to join forces for a greater cause. United by a common purpose, the former adversaries unsheathed their weapons and or sheathed their weapons and turned their attention on a new mission leaving Blood Gulch behind and forging in an unexpected alliance to face a greater threat. Okay. Okay, let's who won? Let's, let's, no one won. Let's continue this narrative real quick. But years later, they met again. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to work? I'm going to try. Oh, no, please don't write a really long one again. Oh, God, it is. It's getting real long. Okay. Uh, but as Nick and Red Fox embarked on their new mission, the Alliance proved a fragile one. The uneasy camaraderie concealed his memory. Right, I'm going to skip around. Boo, boo, boo. The betrayal cut deeper than any physical wound. The trust they had built shattered like glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Red Fox managed to gain the upper hand, disarming Nick and leaving... Uh, Nick? Not Nick. Leaving him vulnerable. With a cold and remorseless expression, Red Fox uttered, Alliances are for the weak, Nick. Only the strong survive. In that moment, Nick knew that the bond that they had formed was nothing more than a mirage. It's been like a day, if that. Whoa. Yeah. You said, no, you said years later. Oh, I did say years later, I guess. A signature finishing move flowed. Red Fox, ex Red Fox executed a ruthless strike in the Nick's life with swift precision. As Nick <laughs> fell to the ground, the betrayer stood over his fallen comrade. The echoes of the betrayal reverberating through the desolate outpost. No, outposts are still at blood <laughs> all right yeah red fox won all right That's nick oh there's more though unbeknownst to red fox oh. the observer who had orchestrated the simulation watched in silent judgment Ooh. wow deeper lore Very. i want the observer in the next fight <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be watching observing all right so that's the end of round one uh, we still have four people with bye weeks and so this first fight is going to have one of those that would be aaron uh, it's Wild Fox. We're going to just name him Wild Fox because there is another Aaron in the fight. I don't want to be confused. Oh, wait, who won the Jordan Badbit fight? Uh, that's a good question. I'm pretty sure Jordan won, right? I yeah, Jordan stabbed, Jordan stabbed Mr. Badbit in the heart. Oh, good. All right, so do you want... Like, we are really running long on time. Do you want to start making these, like, four-way battles? No. No? Oh, my God, no. it's getting so late. It'll be all right. Okay, so we got Aaron, Wild Fox. Aaron, it's Wild Fox versus Robert from ASAP. Where are we fighting? Uh, how about uh, Naboo from Star Wars? It, it has a lot to work with. You could be down with the Gungans. It can put him in like the power cell room where Darth Maul was at. It could put him right. pretty much anywhere. Make him fight with the two-headed guy? Yep. <laughs> now this is pod racing. All right, Wild Fox and Robert faced each other in the grassy plains of Naboo, surrounded by the ruins of an ancient oh, the temple. Grass, they were gross. the last two contestants of a deadly game show. They're fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Wild Fox says, was it a young and agile woman with red hair and green <laughs> eyes? She wore a leather jacket and pants and carried a blaster pistol and a vibro knife. She was a skilled hacker and a pilot and used her gadgets and traps to outsmart her foes. She was confident and witty and enjoyed taunting her enemies. Robert was a middle-aged muscular man with black hair and brown eyes. He wore a metal armor and helmet and carried a plasma rifle and a thermal detonator. He was a veteran soldier and a mercenary and had used his strength and experience to overpower his opponents. He was serious and ruthless and showed no mercy for his targets. They stared at each what? Where did it go? It vanished. Oh, no. Now we what? won't know about his muscular middle-agedness. It vanished and said, my mistake, I can't respond to that right now. What, did it get copyright claimed? No, it might have said something crook. Because sometimes if it, like, veers off in a bad way, it'll be like, hold on, don't say that. What? It says, I cannot write a story about such a violent and gruesome scenario. Okay, I'm just going to refresh. What the fuck happened? Something real bad must have happened. Yeah, I didn't get to read it. All right, well, it's writing it again. All right, now they're in an ancient temple. Uh, Wild Fox is now a, a cunning and agile bounty hunter armed with a pistol and a vibroblade, wore a black suit and enhanced his reflexes as a guy this time. Uh, scarred face, cybernetic right eye, glowed with malice. Ooh, cybernetics, right. that's cool. Yeah, we're getting cooler now. Uh, Robert was a former Jedi Knight. Oh, dear. Oh, man. All right. Who had fallen to the dark side of the force. He wielded a crimson lightsaber and a force spike. Uh, Dude, he always wore a bet black on lasers. Cloak. Laser swords, yeah. you know. Uh, a mat- he wore a black cloak and a mask that concealed his twisted features. He had a powerful and ruthless mind that could bend others to his will. They circled each other warily, looking for an opening. Wild Fox fired a few shots from his blaster. Robert deflected him with a lightsaber. Robert lunged at Wild Fox, swinging his force spike. Uh, but the... Uh, but Wild Fox dodged and slashed at Robert's arm, drawing blood. They each exchanged a flurry of bo- blows, parrying and counterattacking with, each- with skill and speed. Wild Fox landed a kick on Robert's chest, sending him flying back. Robert recovered and hurled a boulder at Wild Fox with force. Wild Fox rolled out of the way and threw a thermal detonator at Robert, who barely avoided the explosion. Uh, they were evenly matched. Neither could get the upper hand. They knew the fight had to end sooner. They'd die of exhaustion. They decided to use their ultimate moves, hoping to finish their opponent once and for all. Wild Fox activated his jetpack, flew towards Robert, oh, firing his yeah. blaster rapidly. Robert raised his lightsaber and his force pike, ready to spot- strike. They met in midair, clashing with a loud noise. Wild Fox stabbed his vibroblade into Robert's shoulder, while Robert sliced his lightsaber through Wild Fox's jetpack, causing it to malfunction and explode. They both fell to the ground, badly wounded and bleeding. They crawled towards each other, delivering determined to deliver the final blow they reached for each other's weapons but they were far too far away they looked at each other's eyes and saw hatred and respect that they shared wild fox spoke for us <laughs> first with a raspy voice you're a tough one jedi but you're no match for me i'm the best there is and robert smiled weakly replying with a mocking tone you're a fool hunter you're nothing but a pawn you're i am the master of fate they both laughed and coughed up blood. They knew they were dying. They had no regrets. They had lived for the thrill of the fight, and they had died for it too. They closed their eyes and waited for it to end. Before there was the cold embrace of darkness, they heard a voice in their heads, a voice that was familiar and sinister, a voice that belonged to the one who had orchestrated the game. The voice said, congratulations, you both won. Uh, it was Darth Sidious. Uh, he, wanted, he wanted disciples. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> Are we flipping a coin again? Yeah. Well, hold on. So, Wild Fox got stabbed. Right? Robert got stabbed too. Yeah, I think they both got stabbed at they one both point. Got stabbed. Yeah, flip a coin. All right. These chat GBTs are making me mad. They're not listening to their creators. All right, it's flipping, it's flipping, it's flipping. Uh, Aaron's on heads. Okay, Robert is Robert is the winner. Good job, Robert. All right. So since this is round two, and we're running long, let me see here. 
Let me change the prompt. All right, that's fixed. All right, but what about round two? Uh, I put really short story. <laughs> so, yeah, I changed no. it to a small, brief story. <laughs> okay. All right, so next up we have Eric and Keith. Where were they battling? Let's make them fight in uh, a WWE arena. The WWE arena buzzed with anticipation as the crowd roared in excitement. Make sure it's not going too long. Oh god, why is it going so long? In one corner stood the imposing figure of Eric, a seasoned veteran with a reputation for his brute strength and ruthless tactics. Everyone's so ruthless. On the opposite side was Keith, a quick... It's always brutal and then agile. Keith, a quick and agile. Yeah, 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 yeah. The bell rang and the battle commenced with a furious exchange of punches, kicks and slams. The crowd erupted with every bone-crunching move, unsure who would emerge victorious in this battle to the death. Eric's raw power clashed with Keith's nimble agility, creating a spectacle that the audience had on the edge of their seats. Suddenly, in a surprising twist, Keith executed a breathtaking acrobatic maneuver, flipping over Eric, landing a devastating kick to the back of his head. Stunned, <gasps> Eric staggered backward, giving Keith the opportunity to deliver a series of rapid-fire punches. The crowd erupted in cheers as it seemed like Keith might secure the victory. However, Eric, fueled by sheer determination, managed to turn the tide. With a thunderous roar, he lifted Keith high in the air and prepared for his signature move, Titan's Grip. The crowd... <laughs> The crowd fell silent as Eric uttered his catchphrase. In the end, strength prevails. Just as Eric was about to execute the finishing move, Keith unleashed a surprising revelation. Wait, Eric, we're brothers. (laughs) (laughs) The revelation hung in the air, shocking the audience and giving Eric pause. I want the Smash Brothers gasp. Unable to believe the truth, Eric hesitated just for a moment. And in that moment of vulnerability, Keith seized the opportunity and performed his yes! signature move, Sudden Brotherhood, where he embraced <laughs> <laughs> He embraced Eric and they fell to the mat together. <laughs> the referee counted the pin and the bell rang. Keith, emerging as an unexpected survivor, rose from the old tweet. T- <laughs> He killed Eric with his embrace. <laughs> killed Eric with the brotherhood, brotherhood yeah. embrace, yeah. Keith, emerging as the unexpected survivor, rose from the mat with a smirk. Blood is thicker than victory, he declared, revealing that the fight had been a stage spectacle designed to shock and entertain the audience. The brothers, having orchestrating the entire event, shared a laugh as, as they executed the arena together. Oh, wait, no, he didn't die. It was fake. It doesn't Rest- matter. <laughs> Wrestling's fake. Uh, who won? Keith. Keith got him with the brotherly embrace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, that one was pretty good. That was fucking awesome. All right, uh, next one. Got another bye week, so it's Jono from the Elder Trolls versus... Who's he versing? Hopple! Hopple, hop on up in here. Is it L-E or E-L? Does it matter? It's E-L, but they. It, I think it autocorrects it. Uh, where are they fighting at? We're gonna uh, find that brother. What's the, what's the name of the church where Aerith takes care of the flowers in Final Fantasy? VII? I don't know the church in Final <laughs> Fantasy. Don't step on the flowers. Okay, so John Jono and Hopple fa- face each other in the church, surrounded by broken benches and stained glass windows. They had been rivals since childhood. 
And now they're going to settle the score once and for all. John was a skilled swordsman wielding a long blade with a jagged edge. Hopple was a master of martial arts using his fists and feet as deadly weapons. They circled each other looking for an opening. Jono lunged first, slashing at Hopple's chest. Hopple dodged and countered with a roundhouse kick. Jono sw- blocked and swung his sword again. Hopple ducked, then punched Jono in his stomach. Jono grunted and kickled, kicked Hopple in the face. Hopple staggered and then spat blood. They exchanged blows for several minutes, neither of them gaining the upper hand. They were both bruised, bruised and bleeding. They refused to give up. They hated each other more than anything. Jono saw an opportunity and stabbed Hopple in the shor- shoulder. Hopple screamed and grabbed Jono's arm and twisted it. It broke with a snap. John, this one's brutal. Jono dropped his sword and cried out in pain. Hopple smiled and said, Looks like you're out of luck, Jono. You should have stayed away from my girl. Then he what? grabbed Jono's head and slammed it into the altar. Jono's skull crashed, cracked, and his eyes rolled back. He was dead. Hopple stood up and looked at his fallen enemy. He felt a surge of triumph and said, Game over, Jono. You lose. And he walked out of the church, leaving Jono's body behind. Hopple, with his second victory over Jono. How many how many elder trolls are still alive? Uh we still got Dandolf. Dandolf, who was another bye week. They, the trolls aren't doing so good. <laughs> no, not really. Alright, next up we got Colin Moriarty from Sacred Symbols against Mr. Quang. Where are they fighting? Uh make them fight in the uh velvet room from Persona. Is that in every persona? Uh-huh. <laughs> just say five specify five i guess no because it's it's in three as well i can't remember about about four i'm pretty sure it's in every one of them well every all the ones that matter three four and five of course in the ethereal com- confines of the velvet room colin and mr quang faced each other in a battle to the death the room's blue velvety walls seem to absorb the tension as their eyes locked in a deadly dance. Are the walls blue? Yes. Yes. I'm going to say yes. Colin, a swift swordsman, clashed blades with Mr. Quang, a master of the arcane arts. Sparks flew as their weapons met, echoing in the space. The air was thick with anticipation of a final decisive strike. As the battle raged on, Colin found an opening and lunged forward, attempting a swift finish. However, Mr. Quang countered with a surge of mystical energy, repelling Colin and leaving him vulnerable. With a triumphant grin, Mr. Quang began an incantation. Arcane symbols danced around him, converging a blinding sphere of power. Victory seemed certain for the sorcerer. But, in a tournament of events, Colin smirked and whispered, Fortune favors the bold. And with a lightning quick move, he unleashed a hidden dagger. A lot of hidden daggers. (laughs) Deflecting Mr. Quang's spell just enough to break his concentration. Seizing the opportunity, Colin lunged once more, disarming Mr. Quang and holding his blade at the sorcerer's throat. The room fell silent and victory belonged to Colin. With a nod of respect, Colin spoke a catchphrase that echoed in the Vela room's tranquility. In the end, steel prevails over sorcery. Hey, this is just like the wood one from the, the <laughs> tutorial. But as Colin prepared uh, prepared to spare his defeated foe, the room shimmered, revealing a masked figure observing in the shadows the mysterious oh, the figure. <laughs> He's back. The mysterious figure applauded, revealing the true mastermind behind the duel. Impressive, Colin. But remember, appearances can be deceiving. The masked figure declared. Suddenly, Mr. Quang vanished, replaced by an illusion. The real Mr. Quang had <gasps> orchestrated the entire battle. The masked figure was revealed to be an enigmatic observer. As the 
<laughs> As the Velvet Room faded away, leaving only echoes of the confrontation, Colin stood alone, pondering an unexpected twist. The true nature of the battle and the identity of the masked figure remained shrouded in mystery, leaving him to question the thin line between reality and illusion in the enigmatic in- realm of the persona. So he was, won that. he was left in the void. Well, Mr. Quang was an illusion. He was never there. But he won the fight. He did win the fight. He won the fight. Uh, I think that's good enough. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Kwong. Uh, we are going to have, again, free-for-all at the end. Very fun. All right. Last one. Not last one. I don't, the next one. Dandolf from the Elder Trolls. Your last fucking chance, Elder Trolls. Get your shit together. Versus Michael Phillips. Michael Superbacker. Uh, where are we fighting? Uh, let's put him in... Uh, Bleak Falls Barrow. What is that? All right. Bleak that is the Falls. first dungeon in Skyrim where you go to get the Golden Claw or whatever, or you take the Golden Claw. Okay, in Skyrim. I wonder if I would have not typed in in Skyrim if it would have got it. I bet it Probably knows. Would have. That one's very well known. Oh, I spelled Michael's name wrong. <laughs> it's okay. All right, Dandolf, as long as I know what it is. All right, Dandolf and Michael face each other in the ancient Nordic tomb of Bleak Falls Barrow. They had been rivals for a long time, and now they're ready to settle. Okay, yada, yada, yada. Uh, <laughs> the same stuff. <laughs> Dandolf was a powerful wizard wielding a staff of fire and ice. A, a staff of fire and a sword of ice. Uh, Michael was a skilled warrior armed with a bow of lightning and a dagger of poison. They exchanged insults and threats, then charged at each other with fury. Dandolf cast a fireball at Michael, who dodged and shot an arrow at Dandolf's chest. Dandolf blocked with an arrow with a sword, blocked an arrow with a sword, then swung at Michael's neck. Michael parried the sword with his dagger and stabbed Dandolf in the leg. Dandolf screamed in pain and kicked at Michael in the kicked Michael in the face. Michael flew back, rolled and got up. He drew another arrow and aimed at Dandolf's head. Dandolf raised his staff and summoned a wall of flames to protect himself. Michael waited for the flames to die down, then fired his arrow. What a useless wall. Dandolf <laughs> sat, saw the arrow coming and tried to dodge, but it was too late. The arrow hit him in the eye, piercing his brain. Oh my Dandolf God. collapsed to the ground, dead. What is going on, Elder Trolls? You died in your own game! <laughs> yeah, that's Michael walked over to Dandolf's body and spat on it! What he looked that? around and saw the ancient word on the wall. He approached it and felt a surge of power. He learned a new shout. <laughs> he learned shout too. He smiled so- at himself and said, Looks like looks like I'm the dragonborn now. He shouted at Dandolf's corpse, sending it flying across the room. <laughs> he laughed and said, Fuss row by, and then <laughs> looted Dandolf's belongings. Left him in the tube victorious. Oh god! The elder trolls are dead. It's a visual. All right. Oh my goodness, dude. Good job, Michael. Fos Road died. Like how he shot his body away and then looted it. He ragged all of them across the cave. All right, right. some of these are fucking awesome. Next up is Kai versus Chris from a novel console. Where are they fighting? How about a Chow Garden? No, I get to choose. Oh my bad. Uh, let's make him fight on Final Destination from Smash Brothers. Okay. The air crackled with tension. We got our tension. Here we go. You have Final Destination, the home of the realm. Each fighter, you have rival. Chris, the <laughs> agile martial artist, and Kai, the sword-wielding knight, exchange blows with lightning speed. The final destination stage provided a fitting arena for their epic showdown. The crowd, if there was any, held their breath as the fighters <laughs> pushed the <to> the <laughs> Yeah. 
As the battle reaches climax, Kai managed to gain the upper hand, disarming Chris. Chris was a martial artist. Whatever. Well, I guess martial artists can have weapons. Yeah, disarming Chris yeah. and delivering a devastating blow. The crowd, imaginary, gasped in shock. However, Chris, with a defiant smile, whispered, Not today. Before unleashing <laughs> a hidden today. power. A surge of energy enveloped Chris. Is he going Super Saiyan? As a mysterious force surged in his veins, Kai off guard stepped back in surprise. Chris, now empowered, grinned and declared, Game over. Before delivering a fury of lightning fast strikes. But just as it seemed Chris had claimed victory, a surprising twist unfolded. Kai, with a sudden burst of energy, countered Chris's assault. You underestimate me, Kai growled, revealing a hidden reserve of strength. The tides had turned once again. Kai did this to, to Tony, too, didn't he? I think so. With a masterful stroke, Kai disarmed Chris again and stood over his defeated oh opponent. Oh my god, Butterfingers! <laughs> yeah, Butterfingers today. However, instead of delivering a fatal blow, Kai extended a hand. Oh god, not again. God you damn it! You fought well, Kai admitted, offering a surprising gesture of respect. Chris, accepting the hand, pulled himself up, and the two warriors acknowledged each other's strength. The the lesson it was a lesson in camaraderie, prevailing <laughs> over rivalry. As they stood side by side, Kai offered a nod and said, In the end, the true victory is in understanding one another. Alright, so Kai won that, right? <laughs> I think so. Kai disarmed him and then let them back up. He could have killed Chris. So, and yeah. by the way, I'm I'm feeling hesitant that I don't know if Chris from One H One D or Chris from a novel console one. I think we might have gotten each, our, ourselves confused. But it's better reason. this way. But uh, so if it was one or the other, it doesn't matter. Uh, Kai is the victor here, bringing play along one step closer to becoming the uh, gaming together best friend. All right, so the next fight is the last bye week. We've got Aaron from Super Pod Saga, and uh, he's going to be fighting Bill. Both of these people, I'm going to be guesting on a show with both of them on it, too. So that's kind of weird. So I get to good, tell good. them about this tomorrow. Where are we landing, boys? Uh, well, I got to do the Chow Garden. Do you want to spell Chow? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Aaron and Bill face each other in the Chow Garden, surrounded by cute creatures that cheered them on. <laughs> they were a long-standing rivalry that could only be settled by fight to them. Aaron was armed with a sword, while Bill had, Bill had a pair of daggers. They circled each other, looking for an opening. Aaron made the first move, slashing at Bill's chest. Bill dodged and stabbed Aaron in the leg. Aaron stabbed at Aaron's leg. Aaron blocked and kicked Bill in the face. They exchanged blows for several minutes, neither of them gaining advantage. The child watched in awe as blood stained the grass. <laughs> Aaron and Bill were both wounded and exhausted, but they refused to give up. Aaron saw an opportunity and lunged at Bill, aiming for his heart. Bill parried and countered with a, with a slash at Aaron's throat. Aaron dodged and grabbed Bill's arm, twisting it until he heard a snap. This happened last uh, one of the other times. Bill screamed with a, and dropped his daggers. Aaron smiled and said, Looks like you're out of luck, Bill. Any last words? And then Bill spat out blood and said, Yeah, go to hell, Aaron. Aaron raised his sword and said, See you there, buddy. He plunged his sword into Bill's chest, killing him instantly. Then he lifted Bill's body and threw it into the <laughs> pond, where the child swarmed <laughs> in and devoured it. Aaron what? walked away victorious and satisfied. He had finally settled the score with Bill. I think Aaron would have loved that, because Dude, it's Aaron's so good. arena. The Chow ate Bill. Yeah, they did. All right. Next I, you up. know what I wish? Instead of keeping, because we gave up on the in injuries, I wish we would have just kept track of how everyone died. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eaten by chows. A lot of <laughs> just... a lot of hard stabbing though. Yeah, a lot of disarming. Yep. So many dis- multiple t- disarms in the same fight, and then multiple hidden blades. All right. Next up, we have Jordan from Complete Xbox and Red Fox from Nine of the Living Podcast. Where are they fight the last. This is the last round of round two, and I think that they should be fighting. Uh, they should be fighting. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Uh, D Day, D Day Beach, Normandy. <laughs> Make them fight on D Day Beach. I don't know how it's going to take that, but let's go for it. As the relentless waves crash against the shores <laughs> of Normandy's. <laughs> It, it knew what we were referring to. Jordan Keep and Red your veteran grandpas away from this podcast. Yeah. Jordan and Red Fox faced each other in a deadly dance of combat. The air was thick with tension, a lot of circling, a lot of tension. <laughs> it's all yours. Does mine say that shit? I don't know. Yours usually has a circling. Not, it doesn't mention the tension. Mine is always tense. Right. Jordan, a seasoned fighter with a mysterious past, clashed swords <laughs> with Red Fox, a cunning and agile swords. opponent. Yeah. Their sword fight on D-Day. <laughs> okay. The, the sand beneath their feet bore witness to their the intensity of their struggle. In a sunburst of speed, Red Fox lunged at Jordan, but the seasoned warrior deftly parried the attack, and the battle raged on, each combatant pushing their limits. The sun dipped low on the horizon. Jordan, seizing the opportunity with a swift and calculated strike, he disarmed Red Fox and held his sword <gasps> at his opponent's throat. With a confident smirk, Jordan delivered his catchphrase, In the end... The fox is just a shadow in the moonlight. Brutal. Did Jordan win? Oh, okay. I thought that was the end. I was like, what? But before Jordan (gasps) could savor his victory, a shocking revelation unfolded. Red, what what are these revelations that keep happening? Red Fox seemingly defeated Grind uh, and Grind. Appearances can be deceiving, Jordan. In a surprising twist, Red Fox activated a concealed device, blinding Jordan with a sudden burst of smoke. As the smoke cleared, Jordan found himself disoriented and vulnerable. Seizing the moment, Red Fox unleashed his signature finishing move, a lightning-fast barrage of strikes that left Jordan defenseless. In the fading light, Red Fox delivered a fatal blow. As Jordan crumpled to the ground, Red Fox stood victorious. With a chilling smile, he whispered, the fox outwits even the most cunning prey. The breach, now silent except for the waves, bore witness to the end of a fierce battle. Red Fox vanished into the shadows, leaving behind only the memory of the deadly dance that had unfolded on the historical sands of the Normandy. <laughs> oh, the Normandy would be a good one, too. Just massive <laughs> oh, Normandy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That is pretty good. That was the end of round two. Uh, we got everyone fighting now. Everyone's fought. How many of the bye weeks won? Let me look. Uh, so Aaron was a bye week and he won. Jono died. Dandolph died. Aaron died. Okay, so right, bye weeks didn't, really, didn't help. Yeah, bye weeks didn't really help you guys. Aaron's the only one that got through. Uh, so the next fight, beginning of round three between Robert and Keith. <laughs> Keith from Main Quest. Robert from ASAP Weekly. Who? Uh, where are we fighting? All right, so trying to think of other places. Uh, I mean, how about Hogwarts? We talked about it. It's come up a couple times in this episode. Hogwarts. There's a a lot the AI can do with that. There's a lot of text on Hogwarts out there. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, Robert and Keith. Oh, I spelled Keith in this too. God damn it. Great. 
Robert and Keith were the last two standing in the Triwizard Tournament. They faced dragons, mermaids, and a maze full of da dangers. Now they face each other in a duel to the death. They stood on opposite sides of the Great Hall, by, surrounded by the cheering of crowds of students and teachers. They raised their wands and waited for the signal. Three, two, one, go, shouted Dumbledore. Robert and Keith nice. filed, <clears throat> fired spells at each other, dodging and deflecting with skill and speed. Robert cast a stunning spell. Then Keith blocked it with a shield charm. Keith sent a jet of water at Robert, but Robert evacuated it with a blast of fire. They exchanged hexes and curses. That's not good. Uh, trying to find an opening in their opponent's defense. Isn't curses illegal in the Hogwarts? No, not all curses. Only the, the for, there's forbidden curses, and there's like three of them. Oh, okay. Well, Robert saw his chance, and when Keith stumbled, stumbled over the fallen table, he aimed his wand and shouted, Avara Kedavra! <gasps> the killing curse moved towards Keith, that's one who of them. barely managed to, and to raise this protecto char, protego charm. The green light hit the shield and bounced back, heading straight for Robert. Robert's eyes widened in horror. He had no time to react. He felt the cold sensation in his chest, and then everything went black. Keith gasped and dropped his wand. He had survived, but at what cost? He looked at Robert's lifeless body and felt a surge of guilt and grief. He had killed his friend, his rival, his brother. The lover. He walked over <laughs> to Robert and knelt beside him and whispered, I'm sorry, Robert. I didn't mean to. You were the better wizard. You deserve to win. He picked up Robert's wand and held it to his throat. He said, this is for you, Robert. I hope you can forgive me. He muttered, Avara Kedavra. And a flash of green light and then silence. The crowd was stunned. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> they murder-suicided each other again in mine. Hey, before he killed himself, he won, though. Yeah, he won. Uh, Dumbledore rose from his seat and walked to the center of the hall. He waved his wand and conjured a white cloth over the bodies of Robert and Keith. He said, let us bow our heads and pray our respects for Robert and Keith, they, who died as they lived as champions. What? They God, did that's... illegal shit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's, it's real illegal. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Why? You're like, I don't know what the murder-suicide is for. <laughs> Wait, who won? Uh, uh, Robert died first. No, Robert won. Oh, did he? Yeah. No, okay. no, Robert died first. Uh, I'm sorry, Robert. I didn't mean to. You're, but yeah, yeah Keith, Robert died. Keith, you made it. All right, good. Congratulations, Keith. All right, next up, we have Hopple and Colin Moriarty. Where are we, where are we fighting? Where are we dropping? Uh, the, inside, the <laughs> inside the Great Deku Tree. I don't know why Ocarina of Time keeps popping up in my head. Deep within the heart of the mystical forest, the great Deku Tree stood as the silent witness to a battle that would determine the fate of its sacred grove. Hopple, a swift and nimble rabbit warrior, faced off against Colin, a determined and stout raccoon fighter. The air crackled. Oh, so a rabbit with, and a raccoon. Yeah, the air crackled right. with tension. There's our tension. The two commands circled. There's our circle. Beneath the ancient branches, Hopple darted with blinding speed, but Colin's thick fur offered sturdy defense against the flurry of strikes. As the battle reaches climax, Hopple managed to land a series of rapid blows, leaving Colin staggered and vulnerable. Just when victory seemed within Hopple's grasp, Colin summoned a burst of unexpected strength. With a sudden surge, he grappled Hopple, twisting their positions and seizing the upper hand. With a glint, er, in the surprising turn of events, Colin pinned Hopple, ooh, to the moss-covered ground. With a glint of triumph in his eyes, Colin smirked and uttered, Looks like you hopped into the wrong fight, my friend. <laughs> God, why? But the twist in it in there, with a sly grin, Hopple revealed a concealed dagger and swiftly drove into <laughs> Another Colin's... Another one! 
Another concealed dagger. Yep. The Colin, or the, or the Colin, the raccoon gasped in disbelief at the tables turned once again. Opal stood over his fallen opponent, victorious but battered. As Colin lay defeated, Hopple whispered in the heart of the forest, only the swift survived. With a swift motion, Hopple performed his signature finishing move, a dance-like flourish that culminates in a precise, a precise strike to Colin's heart. The raccoon's eyes dimmed and the forest fell silent. Brutal. Hopple wins. Colin Moriarty is dead. Murdered by his... whatever his signature finishing move was. The flurry dance, or whatever. Yeah, the flurry dance. Alright, congrats, All right. Hopple. Yeah, good job. Patreon, might make uh, it. A Patreon, a team Patreon still alive. Speaking of team Patreon, we got Michael Phillips, Michael Superbacker versus Kai. Who, where are we fighting? I don't know why I keep saying who. Make him fight in Tom Nook's shop from Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bing bong. Fight's happening. All right. Uh, Michael and Kai faced each other in the cramped space of Tom Nook's shop, surrounded by furniture, clothes, and tools. They had been rivals since childhood, and now they're going to settle their score (laughs) once and for all. Michael lunged at Kai with a fishing rod, hoping to catch him off guard, but Kai dodged and countered with a shovel, smashing into Michael's head. Michael staggered back, blood dripping from his forehead. He grabbed a slingshot and fired a pebble at Kai's eye, making... And, uh, oops, it says something crooked. Son of a bitch. (laughs) What could it say? What could it have fucking said? All right, we're running it back. All right, they're the last two fighters in the tournament now, facing each other final round. Tom Nook's shop, Animal Crossing, <laughs> shops filled with furnitures. All right, yeah. Yep, yep, all good. Um, all good stuff. Michael was a skilled martial artist who favored speed, agility over brute force. Oh he God. wore a red bandana and a blue, a black leather jacket. Kai was a ruthless assassin who relied on stealth and surprise to take out his enemies. He wore a blue mask and a dark cloak. Battle began with a loud bell. Mike, Michael and Kai circled around the shop looking for an opening. Michael spotted a fishing rod and grabbed it. He swung it at Kai, hoping to catch him off guard. Kai dodged and threw a knife at Michael. Michael blocked the knife with a rod and ran towards Kai. Kai retreated to the back of the shop where he saw a slingshot under a bag of bells. He loaded a, a sling. He loaded the slingshot with a bell and fired it at Michael. Michael ducked under the bell and continued to chase Kai. Kai reached for another bell, but Michael was too fast. He closed the distance and kicked Kai in the chest, sending him flying into a shelf. Kai groaned as he got up. He saw a shovel and a net on the shelf. He grabbed them and swung them at Michael. Michael Perry's dual wielding. Michael parried the shovel with a rod and dodged the net. He countered with a punch and a kick, but Kai blocked them with a shovel in the net. This the is two the fighters exchanged blows. Environment. <laughs> Yeah, dude, and it's it's fucking Tom Nook's shop. Uh, <laughs> the two fighters exchanged blows using items in the shop as weapons. They knocked over tables, chairs, lamps, and paintings. They broke vases, pots, clocks, mirrors. They spilled paint, glue, seeds, and water. They made a huge mess of the shop, but neither of them cared. They only wanted to win. They fight. The fight lasted several minutes until both of them were exhausted and wounded. They stared at each other, panting and bleeding. They knew that the next move would decide the outcome. They looked around, searching for something, anything that could give them the edge. Michael saw a guitar and a microphone on a stand. He had an idea. He ran towards them, (laughs) hoping to use them as a distraction. Kai saw a rocket and a matchbox on the counter. He had a plan. He ran towards them, hoping to use them as a trap. Michael reached the guitar and the microphone first. He picked up the guitar and strummed it. He grabbed the microphone and spoke into it. He said, hey, Kai. You know what they say. Music soothes the savage beast. Well, I'm about to soothe you to death. He turned the volume up and played a loud and dissonant chord. He said the sound was deafening and distorted. It hurt Kai's ears and made him dizzy. Kai 
covered his ears and stumbled. He dropped the rocket in the matchbox. He looked at Michael with rage and fear. Michael smiled and threw the guitar. Kai, Kai tried to dodge, but he was too slow. The guitar hit him in the head and knocked him down. <laughs> oh Michael followed up with the microphone. He swung it at him like a flail and smashed it into Kai's face. Kai screamed and spat with blood. He was still alive, but barely. Michael walked over to Kai and looked him down and said, You lose, Kai. You should have stayed in the shadows. Now, you're in the spotlight, and you know what they say, the show must go on. Well, I'm about to end your show. For good! He raised the microphone and prepared to deliver the final blow. He said, this is your curtain call, Kai. This is my one-liner. You ready? Here it goes. Knock, knock. Kai looked up at Michael with weak, with a weak and confused expression. He said, uh, who's there? Michael said, Mike. Kai said, Mike who? <laughs> Oh, God. Michael said, Mike, drop. He dropped the microphone on Kai's head, crushing his skull. Kai's eyes rolled in the back of the head. His body went limp. He was dead. Michael stood and raised his arms. He said, I win. I'm the champion. He heard a loud applause and cheers. He looked around the shop and saw the shop was filled with spectators. They, they, why does this go on for so long? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a it also missed opportunity at Michael Superbagger or whatever, like to say his name. Yeah, well, no, Mike said Mike drop. Whoa, it made a pun with the microphone! <laughs> oh my god! It made a pun with the microphone! Alright, uh... It was filled with spectators. They were they were the other fighters who had been eliminated from the tournament. They survived? I guess. <laughs> but, but, okay, they had been watching for the final round on the big screen. They were impressed by Michael's performance and entertained by his one-liner. Michael bowed and thanked the audience. He said, thank you, thank you. You've been a great crowd. I hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, don't mess with me, because I'm Michael, <laughs> and I rock. He walked out of the shop, leaving behind a trail of blood and debris. He had won the battle, the tournament, and the prize. He had also made a new friend, Tom Nook, the owner of the shop, who had sponsored the event. Tom Nook was very happy with the outcome. He had made a lot of money from the bets and the tickets. He had also gained a lot of publicity and customers for his shop. He had also found a new employee, Michael, who had agreed to work with him to pay for the damages. Tom Nook smiled and said, uh, Welcome to the family, Michael. You're going to love it here. And don't worry about the mess. We'll clean it up later, right? Now let's celebrate. Come on, let's go to the island. I have a surprise for you. It's a new game. It's called Animal Crossing Battle Royale. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Trust me. You're going to love it. Come happening? on. Let's go. Nook Inc. rates. He took Michael by the arm and let him out of the shop. He locked the door and put up a sign that said, Close for renovations. See you soon. Tom Nook. The end. I'm going to give that one a thumbs up. All right. That one, was like a, that one. That was a, that one got wild real fast. All right. Who won? I got lost in that. <laughs> Mike won. Mike drop. <laughs> Mike drop god all right fuck yeah dude fuck yeah all right next up is between aaron uh superpod and red fox where are they fighting let's make them fight on uh gridlock from gears of war the cold wind howled through the deserted ruins of gridlock <laughs> where remnants of a once-thriving city now lay in shambles. Aaron and Red Fox face each other in the desolate battlefield, surrounded by eerie silence broken only by the distant echo of their footsteps. The tension in the air was palpable. Tension! The two commands circled each other. Yep, circling. Eyes locked <laughs> in a deadly dance. We're dancing. Aaron, with his sleek armor and razor-sharp blade, clashed against Red Fox, a mysterious figure draped in a crimson cloak, wielding a deadly energy staff. Very Gears of War. 
Yeah, as the battle raged on, the sun dipped below the horizon. A lot of suns, <laughs> sun talk to you, casting yeah, long just... shadows across the broken landscape in a surge of energy. Red Fox unleashed a relentless assault, catching Aaron off guard. The Crimson Warrior pressed his advantage, driving Aaron to the edge of defeat. Just when it seemed like all hope was lost for Aaron, a blinding flash of light engulfed Red Fox. As the light subsided, a shocking revelation unfolded. Red Fox was an android, a sophisticated machine designed for combat. Aaron, panting and battered, stood in disbelief. Seizing the opportunity, Aaron channeled his remaining strength into a devastating final strike. With a swift motion, he plunged his blade into Red Fox's core, shutting down the android with a burst of sparks. The once formidable opponent collapsed, lifeless and defeated. As the dust settled, Aaron stood alone in the silent ruins of Gridlock, victorious but haunted by the revelation that his opponent has been a machine all along. The truth dawned on him. The battles he fought were not always as they had seemed. The line between man and machine was becoming <laughs> increasingly blurred. Okay, yeah, whatever. Okay. So Aaron won, and it turns Thanks, out... Thanks, AI. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're oh the, we're trying to stay here. All right, that wraps up round three. Round three. Uh, team Patreon is looking pretty strong. Uh, we swear to God we're not, uh, we're not putting we're it not in their favor because they give us food or money. They put food on our table. Uh, Keith versus Hopple is going to be the first of two rounds in the semifinals. The semifinals consisting of Keith, Hopple, Michael, Superbacker, and Aaron from Superpod Saga. Keith being from MainQuest. All right, so where are we fighting, boys? Where are we dropping? All right, so I didn't really have time to think about it. So I'm trying to come up with a going, oh, how about the Citadel from Mass Effect? Perfect. Keith and Hopple faced each other in the Citadel, a massive space station that served as a hub for the galaxy. They were bounty hunters hired by rival factions to eliminate each other. They had chased each other across several planets, and they, but now they had reached the final showdown. Keith was a human armed with a powerful assault rifle and combat knife. While he wore a sleek black armor and that enhanced his speed and agility, Hopple was a Solarian, a reptilian alien Ooh. with a high metabolism and genius intellect. Yeah, you picked a good spot. <laughs> he wielded a plasma pistol with a cloaking device. He wore a green <laughs> yellow suit that protected him from environmental hazards. I just keep thinking about Amon. <laughs> Stupid Garrus. Not Garrus. So what's the other guy? Amon Fertile. Shepherd. Oh, that's uh, Rex. <laughs> I'm infertile. <laughs> that is not a Solarian. That's a Krogan. Uh, Solarians are the... are the. Uh, I have to do it myself. Anyone else would mess it up. That guy. Oh, okay. I don't the, the little guys. No, they're not little. They're human size. But oh, they're... Right. The scientist guys. Yeah, the ones that look like Pleakley from Lilo and Stitch or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that reference, but I'm sure someone enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. They fight. They exchange fire, dodging and weaving through the crowded streets and alleys. Time is fertile <laughs> of the Citadel. He tried to get close to Hop. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now too. God damn it! This episode's going long. <laughs> Hoping to use his knife and finish him off, Keith was hoping that. Hopple tried to keep his distance, using his cloaking device to disappear and reappear in different locations. He also hacked into the Citadel systems, activating traps and obstacles to slow down Keith. The battle lasted for several minutes until they reached a dead end. They were both wounded and exhausted, but neither was willing to give up. They stared at each other, knowing that this was the end. Keith decided to make the first move. He charged at Hopple, firing his rifle. Hopple dodged the bullets, but Keith was too fast. He closed the gap and slashed at Hopple with his knife. Hopple blocked the knife with a pistol, but Keith pushed harder, trying to overpower him. It's a chainsaw duel. It sounds like Hopple it. saw an opening. He activated his cloaking device, making himself invisible. Keith was confused. 
but he didn't let it go. He didn't let go of his knife. He felt Hopple's pistol move. He reacted quickly, twisted the knife, disarming Hopple. Then he stabbed him in the chest, piercing his heart. Hopple reappeared, gasping for air. He looked at Keith with a mix of fear and admiration. He said, You, you are good, but not good enough. Keith smiled grimly. He said, You're right. I'm not good. I'm the best. He then pulled out his knife and slashed Hopple's throat, killing him instantly. Keith stood up, covered in blood, looked around, and saw no one who had witnessed their fight. He holstered his knife and his rifle. He walked away. He had completed his mission, and he was ready for the next one. Brutal. All right, Keith is moving on to the finals. All right, next up, Michael Superbacker and Aaron Superpod. Where are they fighting? Uh... Pick somewhere fun. Man, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything right now. And I was like staring at my game collection, trying to think of a location from one of these spots. <laughs> Let's make them fight on Grove Street. I know what that Grand is. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Okay. The moon hung low over Grove Street. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, they're facing each other. They're circling. Oh, there's no... Oh, there it is. The aircraft with tension. They're circling. Yep. The only thing they hear are distant police sirens. Without warning, Michael lunged forward. Fists flying. Aaron dodged and countered with a swift kick. The sound echoing through the neighborhood. The battle raged on. As the battle reached its cl- climax, Michael managed to gain the upper hand. He pinned Aaron against a graffiti-covered wall, his grip tightening in his rival's throat. Victory seemed inevitable and a wicked grin spread across Michael's face. Just as Michael was about to deliver the final blow, Aaron whispered, You never saw it coming, did you? Confusion flicked in Michael's eyes as Aaron revealed a hidden blade thrusting into Michael's... What the fuck? Everybody loves a hidden blade thrusting into Michael's side. What? A gasp escaped Michael's lips, and he stumbled back, clutching the wound. Aaron seized the moment, delivering a devastating kick that sent Michael sprawling to the ground. With a smirk, Aaron uttered his catchphrase... In the end, betrayal is the only truth. Yeah, that's how people in Grand Theft Auto speak. (laughs) Yeah. The surprise twist unfolded as Aaron revealed a concealed firearm. Hold on. Oh my god. He aimed at... No, Aaron pulled out another concealed weapon. (laughs) He's he's packing, man. He's concealing. He aimed at the wounded Michael and pulled the trigger, ending the feud with a deafening gunshot. Silence returned to the street, broken only by the wail of police sirens. Aaron stood over Michael's lifeless body, the weight of victory heavy on his shoulders. It was complete. Aaron had orchestrated the entire... Okay, yeah, this is just him basically death-noting himself. Like, I I planned this whole thing from the very beginning. All right, so this is it. Keith and Aaron, huh? Yep, Keith and Aaron made it to the finals. Give me a second, I gotta write some stuff. All right. This is one of the longest episodes we've done in a very long time. Yeah, and it's just us. Usually it's long because there's more than uh, just me and you. Okay, I got it. All right, I think it's going to be, I think this is going to be good. All right, so Keith and Aaron's battle. Keith and Aaron were locked in a cage, surrounded by a bloodthirsty crowd. They had been kidnapped by Nave and Philip, two twisted gamblers who enjoyed forcing strangers to fight for their lives. The only way out was to kill the other, or so they thought. Keith was a burly man with a scarred face and a tattoo of a snake on his arm. He had a metal pipe as his weapon, and he swung it with savage force. Aaron was a skinny teenager with glasses and a nervous stutter. He had a knife as a weapon, 
but he was too scared to use it. He tried to reason with Keith, but Keith only saw him as an obstacle to his freedom. Please don't do this, Aaron begged. We don't have to fight each other. Maybe we could find a way to escape together. Shut up, kid, Keith snarled. There's no escape. It's either you or me, and I'm not going to die in this hellhole. He charged at Aaron, aiming for his head. Aaron dodged the pipe, but Keith grabbed him by his collar and threw him to the ground. He raised the pipe to finish him off, but before he could strike, he heard a loud bang. The cage door exploded, sending shrapnel flying. Keith and Aaron looked up in shock. He saw Nave and Philip standing outside, holding guns. Oh, no. Surprise, surprise, Nave said, grinning wickedly. We've decided to change the rules a little bit. You see, we've grown bored of watching you two fight. It's too predictable. (laughs) (laughs) So we've decided to join the fun. Now it's a two-on-two match. The last team standing wins. And the losers, well, you can guess what happens to them. Philip nodded. He fired a shot at Keith. Keith rolled out of the way and picked up his pipe. He looked at Aaron, who was still on the floor, clutching his knife. Hey, kid, he said. You still want to escape together? Aaron nodded and got up. He realized they had a common enemy now and that they had to work together to survive. <laughs> okay then, Keith. Uh, or, okay then, Keith said. Let's do this. They ran towards Nave and Philip, who were shooting at them. Keith used his pipe to deflect the bullets while Ooh. Aaron threw his knife at Philip. The knife hit Philip in the shoulder, making him drop his gun. Keith took advantage of the distraction and tackled Nave to the ground. He smashed his pipe into Nave's face, breaking his nose and teeth. Take that, you sick bastard! Aaron ran to Philip, who was trying to pull the knife out of his shoulder. Aaron kicked him in the stomach, making him groan in pain. He grabbed Philip's gun and pointed it at his, fed, at his head. Please don't kill me! Philip pleaded. I'll give you anything you want. Money, cars, women, anything. Just spare me. Aaron looked at him with contempt. He remembered how Nave and Philip had kidnapped him, tortured him, and forced them to fight for their amusement. He remembered how they had laughed at his fear and mocked his pain. He felt no pity for them. Sorry, but I don't want anything from you, Aaron said, except this. He pulled the trigger and blew Philip's brains out. That's for everything you've done to me, Aaron said. He turned to Keith, who had finished off Nave. He was covered in blood, but he was smiling. Hey, kid, Keith said. We did it. We're free. Yeah, we did, Aaron said. We're free. They hugged each other and walked out of the cage. The crowd was silent, stunned by the unexpected outcome. Keith and Aaron ignored them, headed for the exit. They had survived the battle, and they had found a new friend. They looked at each other and said in unison, Let's get out of here. Well done. Uh, well, I tried to fuck him up. I, me and Phil were gonna fuck him up, but uh, I guess they killed us. So yeah, yep. I wanted us to fight because fuck you guys. That's why. But it looks like Aaron and Keith survived. But what happens if Aaron and Keith fights each other? Oh no, my god, no. we don't have to do that. We can just but, name them cooperative champions. Yep, Aaron and Aaron and Keith, cooperative champions. They beat us, the Shang Tsung and Goro of this competition. But as I had said before. We do have a battle royale at the end. For everyone who died, you got one more chance, all right? You got one more chance to maybe not eat a bunch of doo-doo. A, bun- a bunch of Gungan doo-doo. We're going to have a bullet point. So this is not going to be nearly as long as the other one, I don't think. It's going to be a bullet point story. A lot less... Uh, there's going to be a lot less shit going on. Should we throw ourselves in there, Philip? Sure. Into the Hunger Games? Okay. So we got everybody. There's going to be 30 of us. Battle to the death. Uh, there. Okay, bullet point story about a battle royale to the death. 
between all of us. It says, that sounds like a very intense and violent scenario. I hope you're not planning to act it out in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Sweating emoji. All right. Wait, 29 contestants. Did I miscount? Oh, God, no. Someone might be missing. Oh, God, no. Hold on. Let me make sure. Of course, this fucking happened. Michael Superbacker is missing. Fuck me. Fuck me. All right. Dude, I can't believe Tom McShaw did so well. Dude, Tom McShaw was fucking awesome. The wrestling one was awesome, too. A couple of these were really good. All right. It's showing different bullet points now. Last time I was using dashes. Now it's using actual little dots. Very interesting. And while it's baking, I ran this myself just to see what happened. And it's weird because it came out with like multiple competitors remaining. Yeah, that I specifically changed it uh, because mine did that too. I ran this like four times before we did the podcast and almost always two to four people survived. For well, I mean, you always just run it again with the, the survivors. I mean, yeah, I can do that. I, I specified at the end that only one person can survive, but we know by now after all this, <laughs> it, does, it does what it wants fucking cares it yeah. doesn't fucking care about us this is looking pretty neat all right uh so let's start it up the 30 contestants are dropped into a remote island with various weapons and traps scattered around insane cracker finds a rocket launcher and decides to go on a rampage blowing up several buildings and vehicles <laughs> he kills bill tony and aaron oh in, the pro- in the process <laughs> But also attracts the attention of everyone else. Aaron is this is Wild Fox is the Wild Fox, and Aaron is from Superpod. So that is gaming collecting, Superpod Saga, and uh, PlayStation Rumble uh, eliminated. Mister Kwong sneaks up behind Insane Cracker and stabs him in the back with a knife. He says, "You should have been more quiet, Cracker." He takes the <laughs> rocket and runs away. <laughs> so stupid. Uh. Cal Cappy finds a sniper rifle and climbs up a tower. He spots Mr. Kwong and shoots him in the head. She says, boom, headshot, then scans the horizon for more targets. Intergalactic Pinecone finds a flamethrower and sets fire to a forest, <laughs> as ironic as it is with his name. Uh, he laughs maniacally as he watches the flame spread. He burns Nick, Dave, and Red Fox alive, but also inhales too much smoke and passes out. Oh, so no. Morgan's passed out. Uh, uh, Nick from Friday Night Gamecast, Dave from oh God, all these podcasts remember 64 and red fox from uh night of the living podcast dead burned to death Sad. i don't know if inter i don't know if morgan from intergalactic podcast i don't know if that's going to be a death or not uh michael finds a crossbow and arrows he shoots intergalactic pinecone in the chest <laughs> okay mind. so no, it's definitely putting dead. him out of his misery <laughs> yeah. he says you're fired and then picks up the flamethrower <laughs> <laughs> Hopple okay. finds a chainsaw and a hockey mask. He goes on a killing spree, slicing and dicing. Jono, Dandolph, and Nasty Nate. What? <laughs> All three Elder Trolls got killed? Were they, what the fuck were they doing, man? They, they obviously formed some kind of alliance, and it How wasn't enough. How did it know? How did it know those three together? Anyways, he uh, Hopple says, hoppity hop, chop, chop, chop. <laughs> then encounters Hopple? Michael, who shoots him with the flamethrower. Hopple screams as he burns to death. Ah! He's dead. Hopple's dead. Ryan finds a katana and a shuriken. He practices his ninja skills, throwing the shuriken at Eric and Jared, killing them instantly. He then duels Kai, who has a nunchaku. Ryan slashes <laughs> Kai's throat and says, Sayonara, sucker. Oh, my God. All right. So pl- play along's gone. Uh, who else was it? Eric from which Eric is this? This is Eric from uh, Unlockables. Perfect. Everyone's dead. Uh, Chris. 
finds a shotgun. This is Chris one hour one decision. He finds a shotgun and a machete. He blasts Jordan and Colin Moriarty with the shotgun, then hacks off their limbs with the machete. He says, Don't mess with Texas. Then he runs into Ryan, <laughs> who throws a shuriken at him. I don't... How do you feel about that, Philip? I mean, don't mess with Texas. <laughs> Chris dodges. It's right there with Sayonara. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ryan Ryan throws a shuriken at Chris, and Chris dodges and shoots Ryan in the chest. He says, nice try, grasshopper. <laughs> Phil finds a, bas- a baseball bat and a nail gun. He bashes Wild Fox's skull with the bat and oh, nails no. him to a tree. What? He says, home run, baby, and then shoots JP with the nail gun. <laughs> he says, you've been nailed. Cal Cappy sees Phil and shoots him with a sniper rifle. Oh, good. She says, you're out. She realizes that she's the last one sta- that she's the last one standing. She says, I win, I win, and here's a helicopter approaching. She thinks it's coming to a rescue. It's actually Mr. Badbit, who parachuted out of a plane before it crashed. Mr. Badbit has a machine gun and a grenade launcher. He says, not so fast, punk. Shoots Cal Copy with a machine gun and launches a grenade at the tower, destroying it. He says, game over, man. Game over. He then signals to the helicopter to pick him up. He's the sole survivor. Where was I? I don't know. Control F for Nave and see if you get mentioned. Maybe you just weren't there. Oh, I got shot with the... Wait, I I skipped over something. JP found a grenade and a pistol. He throws a grenade at Chris D and Robert, blowing them up. He says, have a blast, boys. He then shoots Keith and Nave with a pistol. He says, bang, bang, you're dead. (laughs) Okay, good. Good, I'm glad that was resolved. Alright, so, Mr. Badbit... You did, died in the tournament, but congratulations, you're the winner of the Battle Royale. And uh, what's more important, a victory royale or uh, whatever the fuck happened in the tournament? Who cares? Yep. So, Mr. Badbit, everyone, thank you so much for participating with our podcast, for interacting with us, for donating to us on Patreon. Uh, hopefully we can do more goofy-ass shit like this. This, is, this was fucking awesome. Um... I am just super happy. I, this is a long episode, but I'm so I'm still very happy that I uh, decided to do this. What do you think, Philip? Yeah, this turned out really well. I wasn't sure I was going to go, but we'll see how you enjoy editing it, though. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking there's a lot of bullshit at pauses and shit while we're waiting for things to cook and stuff. But man, uh, what do we got? Now? What do we got left? What's the end? Uh, no, we that's it. It's like what are we talking about next week? We're going to be doing our end of the year wrap up where we choose our cooperative game of the year for gaming together and we're also going to be introducing a uh i don't know like kind of a new format not really a new format it's more of a return uh we're supposed to begin jared on and he's going to be our judge like he did our first year and me and Ave are going to battle it out on deciding who or what game is going to be our game of the year or a trash of the year so tune in for that next week so thanks for joining us this week, co-partners. Maybe next time we can phone out all our work to AI together next time. Uh, sayonara. Yeah. You've been-